Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 288. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's here too. I'm still here for at least one more week. Oh, we're that close to you, uh... I think so. ...being re recuperated from your yeah, alleged arm injury? Next Saturday is, is the last weekend I have before I theoretically go back to work. Yes, yes, well... Should all be going to plan. When you get over this Maybe. alleged injury after the alleged attack by the alleged dog, <laughs> then, uh... <laughs> that was a dog. <laughs> it's just a shame Matt wasn't there to uh, intervene. Yeah, I, I would have. Since Matt intervenes with dog attacks, apparently, as, uh, I was, yeah. as we it, were just it does, hearing. It does absolute damage to your mental health, but I'll still do it. <laughs> I mean, it's only Connor, Matt. You could just let the dog. Yeah, but then no, because then who do I have to talk sports with? You know? I'm having a good day. My team won. Yeah. For the, yeah, we, had, we had six games without a win. Like, I think it was like five draws and a loss. And we had, we, you know, we're not, not in great form, so we're a bit like, yeah. And then, and then we won 4 1 today, and oh, I felt good. Well, I'm glad your cricket yeah. team did well today. Uh, I don't know so. the shit about cricket. Although I'm pretty sure the. England are playing cricket at the minute. Actually, I, I did have a random thought about cricket, and this is a little weird for <laughs> whoa, me. Whoa. What? You had a thought about it. I, I have a question about cricket. I don't want too much elaboration. I just want a I'll simple see if I can answer. I want a simple answer to this. It occurred to me that I don't actually know if there's such a thing as a as a as like a, a cricket league, because all, all I ever hear about is England and Australia playing cricket. I never hear about teams that play cricket. And I, and I, and that, that is a good question. I only know of international cricket. I yeah. don't know about leagues. I, no. I, I mean, I know there's a... Because, there must be, because there's a cricket ground near me. But so. if, if there isn't, then what are these cricket players doing <laughs> the rest of the time? Well, when the NHL was getting started, even up until the 50s and 60s, those dudes still had day jobs. And we're also professional hockey players. So there's a very good yes. chance that your local investment banker is also a pro cricketer. Yes, this is what I thought. They, they, they play in rather than cities or towns like most sports because there's not enough, essentially, cricket teams. Mm -hmm. uh, they play in counties. All right, because I just I've, I, it occurred to me that I've never heard of, I don't know, the... Manchester Munchies or something. Well, I don't know. Whatever the no, team would be. Manchester like, Cricket League, right? Or so, cricket like, team. my local team, which is actually a local team, because I know for a fact they play near me, because I know, as I say, I know there's a cricket stadium not that far from me. I've been there. Is is the Yorkshire team. So, there's Yorkshire and like it's like counties like that. Yeah, Yorkshire, uh, Warwickshire. Oh, my God. Uh, so They're it, trying to... They're trying to get a cricket league going up here in the U.S. <laughs> it's never gonna work. George, they should call them the Yorkshire Yankees and just take the American baseball names and just apply them to all the cricket teams. Oh no, there's the Golden State Grizzlies. <laughs> anyway, this is a DC Comics podcast. We get together, we talk about DC Comics every week. Uh, and and apparently cricket now, because that's multiple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I just had this thought, and it's probably because you were talking about it last week, I just I had this thought that I've never heard of a cricket team before. And, and probably, because even though you don't pay attention, but there are England games on at the minute, you've probably just seen 
Nah. Something nah, on the corner of your eye definitely, on Twitter or definitely a news not. website. De- definitely not. That's not a thing. Uh, so, coming up <laughs> on this week's show, it is a very light week for books overall. Uh, we have Detective Comics 1048, Batgirls issue 2, Robin and Batman issue 3, and parts of Batman Urban Legends from some of us. <laughs> so, mm. that's coming which, up. Which some of us, Pete? Um, the, 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 the less important people in the podcast. <laughs> I.e., not me! <laughs> I say if, if he wasn't responsible for recording and editing and uploading, I would argue. But <laughs> you can't say he's not important. In context of the existence of the show. Yeah. Yes. Is... In context of his opinions. You're right. I think me and Connor hold this down on the opinion side. Yeah. We got yeah. this. Uh-huh. We we actually read the books. Hey, guess Except what? I didn't I read... only had four books and still didn't read the that one. Guess, guess what? I didn't read Justice League and Legion. Do you know how hard that was for me? Oh, I forgot that existed. There was a bit. Yeah. There, there was a question. I was asked this week: is yeah. is no one reading Justice League versus Legion? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, Matt's the only like question mm-hmm. there. He's the only one that might. Will I eventually? Maybe. Right now, no. <laughs> uh, and also, just to attack on, uh, Connor also had a Patreon book as well uh, on Discovery Country, so that's, yeah, that's but- coming up. It was a quiet week. I thought, let's, yeah. let's do it now while there's nothing else. Yeah. Uh, so, not a lot of books, uh, but we do have a couple of interesting things. Uh, so, the, there was the audience vote for the best of 2021, so I'll give you those results in a bit. Uh, and, yeah, uh, there's this one interesting bit of news as well. I, I don't know if I agree that it's interesting. Even if you think it sounds terrible, it's not interesting as news. Hmm... It isn't X book gets delayed for two weeks. <laughs> it doesn't. We we talked about this in our chat, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> important. It was a definitely what the hell kind of announcement. Well, I, no, I did not say important. I said interesting. Interesting. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting for sure. Um. But yes. So that's all. That's all coming up. Uh, but don't worry. There's always time for a comicsology top ten. Shoot, I only have the X Men. <laughs> Hold on, I'm getting them all up. Give me a second. <laughs> I only had DC up. Oh my so God. now I can guess. What Xbox was this week? Mm. Or which three Xbox were this week? I'm looking for. I mean, they don't all say uh, X Men across the top. No, so you're to looking. Look. Most for... of them don't. Yeah. In Marauders, Excalibur. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I'm gonna guess Marauders. Marauders 27 is number one right now on Comicsology. There we go. We That's got the it. Kitty Pride book. I, I only know that much. That's the Kitty Pride book. That's Kitty yeah. Pride as a pirate, which yes, nearly yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah. You should read it, uh, Connor, on, on Unlimited. Let us know how it is. I could. You could. I yeah. could. And then will r- I? R- r- report. No. Report back. So what is particularly annoying? <laughs> There's two Xbox coming up that I really want to read. That are Gillen and Ewing. Doing yeah, Al Ewing's doing an X Men book. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a, an Xbox set on Mars, I believe. Yeah, it's X Men Red, but it's nothing to do with Tom Taylor's X Men Red. It's no, just... it's red because it's yeah. the red planet. Uh, it's a good way of getting the name in, I suppose. And then I think Gillen's taking over essentially the, the main line, or the, the headline book, the line. 
I'm like, God damn, I want to read it. But it's still very much Age of Krakoa, all the infographics kind of scattered throughout the middle of the page, you know, the middle what? of the books, like they have done in the entire Hickman era. And I'm like, I'd have to read all of it. I'd have to read the entire Hickman yeah. era. Yeah. And, but it is all there, and I'm not paying any more for it. No, so, so, I mean, I could. I just, Let me know the, when the X Men are back to being superheroes. The sad part is, is that I just even though I, I was excited when I heard that Ewing was doing an X Men book, I was like, well, it's still part of all this continuity. I, I kind of need to yeah. wait for a reset yeah. of some kind before. Yeah, I can... that's what I want. Or, or read everything now. You've got <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. I'm not reading all the X Men stuff. You know what was? You know what was good? Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X Men, or is half superhero stuff, half school stuff. That's what mm -hmm. I want in an X Men. I'll read it if you do. What? All, all of Hickman's terrible X stuff. No, I well, why would I do that? I don't care if you read it. <laughs> you like making me suffer. Hey, you want to make Pete suffer real quick? No, that, talk no. about hearing Gill and Star Wars stuff real quick. Oh God, oh, no! Yes, shut up. Should, because no, I, I, I did not realize Black Kersantin, the Wookiee bounty hunter. For a long time, I thought that was a Jason Aaron creation. Someone tried no. to give him credit, and he goes, "No, nah, that was uh, that was Gill. It was in the first issue of Gillen's Vader." And yeah, I believe I could be wrong, but I can't think of any other examples. So. Mm -hmm. Anyone, not Pete, because he won't know, but anyone right. else, feel free to correct me. I think Black Cassantin being in Boba Fett uh -huh. is the first comic book character to be in a live action format yep. of the Disney era. Like, I believe so too. Which Iron Man. Some of them have like crossover with like books and whatever. But shut up, Pete. <laughs> hey, did you see Iron Man? I think he did. He no, what he just said was is that this dude, whoever it is, uh, is the first Marvel comic character to be in a live action thing in the Disney yeah. era. I, I never and said I, the word Marvel comic thing. I said the first comic character to make the jump in Star Wars, clearly. Yeah, but he didn't say Star Wars, so technically Iron Man counts. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. I don't know if that's true. What? Because Disney didn't own. Marvel. Te technically, yes. Te technically, the first thing they distributed, I believe, was Avengers. I, I want to say. Well, that was a that was a joint with Paramount because Paramount well, still no, had the No, I think Paramount. I think Paramount just they, they legally still they had to have the logo. logo yeah, right. but I, I don't think okay. they actually did any of the the distribution. I, I think okay. it was that was the first Disney movie as well. I, I yeah. Believe so, so who was the first character that appeared on screen in that movie? Uh, in uh, Avengers. Loki. Or, no, Fury. Fury or Hawkeye. No, because the very first shot. Uh, no, isn't the very first shot of a bit? Isn't there like some weird stuff? It's it's, it's Wesley from Angel, the spin-off of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's an alien, yeah. and he's talking to Thanos. I think. Isn't there like a weird shot of the stairs? Oh, that's right. right at the start. That's that's teasing the Shatari. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. He, is he a comic character originally? Like I don't specifically so. him? No, so he's he's a new creation. So he wouldn't count. Okay, fair enough. Right. Well, in that case, that's a Shield agent. But which one? It could be Hawkeye, it could be Fury, it could be Maria Hill, it could be any of those that were kind of around at the start of that movie. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the movie in far too long, so I can't remember the specifics. You, you but... definitely see Nick Fury before you see Hawkeye. Yeah, because you see him coming down the hall in his big coat. And Hawkeye slides down, so you see Fury first, but do you see Hill before you see Fury? You may see them at the same time, because they might walk yeah. up together at the helicopter. Right. right. I, I, I'm willing to say, by the arguments of this but yeah, Nick Fury. This, this, it's probably this, Nick Fury. This logic. Yeah, Nick Nick Fury is the first live action adaptation although, of a comic book character although, in the Disney Marvel era. Although, 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 
they only distribute this movie. It was already in production before Disney bought that's, Marvel. That's what so, I was okay. making the argument, Pete. So you'd have to like work out what was the first one that wasn't even in production yet when they made that purchase. <laughs> Does anyone know off the top of their head? Ah, no. You could roughly timeline it, but I have to assume Summer Phase 2 was already kind of gearing up. Which was the first one without the Paramount logo? Uh, Probably whatever was after Avengers. Or maybe maybe after Iron Man 3. I don't know if Iron Man 3 had it. Anyway, I just wanted to bring out Black Crescenton because he's super rad. Um, And he's, he's he's a... I wouldn't call him evil, right? But he's a bad Wookiee. So, oh, he's cool. a wiki. Oh, nice to meet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Carl Wilson's the top title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just a final bit on that. Disney acquired Marvel in 2009, and mm-hmm. Avengers was 2012. So it can't have been long after that movie. True. Yeah. Okay. So to to spin this all back around, there is a slight potential that it was Iron Man after all. Well, because that was Sound already under the MCU. Next, right? Yeah, that was already the um. MCU because Feige was responsible for Iron Man wherever he was working at the time. Oh yeah, so, no, it's still part of the MCU but what we're debating yeah. is, is that when the transition well, happened. But, but, that's what I mean. I'm talking MCU the, the Marvel whatever Marvel films is what I meant to say because that didn't exist yet until post-Avengers, right? Uh, no, I think it technically did. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of time spent on Marvel for a DC show. Yeah, that's just I, that's, I comes, that's not our fault. Hey, uh, Warner, start making good movies that we want to talk about, <laughs> and then and then we'll we'll spend the time. I think in Warner's very slight defense, we did spend about half an hour talking about Batman, the, the opening Batman movie, just before we started recording. Yeah. So you know, uh. I'd rather watch that trailer a bunch of times again before I watch Eternals, so... (laughs) (laughs) How many times would you have to watch it to match the same runtime? I mean, it's what, a three-minute trailer? uh, That's like two hours 40? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Pete should have to watch it on repeat for two hours 40 and see which one he'd prefer to watch by the end of it. Over 50. It's over 50 times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right, back to the comic sales of top 10. So number one was Marauders, number 27. Number two is Amazing Spider-Man, issue 85. Number three is Star Wars, issue 20. Number oh, see, we could, we could have waited until Star Wars came up. Yeah, yeah okay. well, tough time. You brought up Gillen. Uh, number four is Critical Role's book, issue three. Mm-hmm. The tail's cut off. So I, can't be I believe there's a Critical Role <laughs> animated show coming to uh, Amazon at the end of the month. That I'm, Even though I've never watched anything Critical Role have... Which was actually watching the play, which I know is what like the, is the main appeal. The anime show looks kind of all right. I think I I I'm not against the idea of critical. Role. I think I would I am much more interested in checking out actual critical Role than I am checking out an adaptation of their campaign that they did in critical. Role. Mm. That's fair. But anyway, I mean that's where uh, number five is Detective Comics one thousand forty eight, which I want to say last week it was. It might have been the exact same placement. <laughs> it was right around the same part of the page. Maybe number four. That means four. it's consistent. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, I mean, give it that. Uh, then number six is Dark Ages, issue four, uh, a Marvel book. Uh, number it's seven. It's a Tom Taylor book, though. Uh, I know. Uh, 
Uh, number seven is Fantastic Four, issue 39. Uh, number eight is The Department of Truth, issue 15. So good. Number nine is Daredevil, Women Without Fear, issue one. Uh, of three, it's a miniseries. Uh, do we know what this is? Is this a... It's tying into the current run. Oh, yeah. is it? Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think it's really spoilers at this point to say, given that it's been on a lot of like the covers of the last yeah. handful of issues. Uh, for a while now, um, Electra has been Daredevil. I, I, I was going to guess it was Electra, but mm. you already said it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't think that's really spoilers at this point, given that... I mean, she is carrying a sigh and not a belly club, so that's your yeah. first clue. Also, yeah. the very long black hair. And also, yeah. this series exists. I don't think it can really count as a spoiler anymore. And also, I mean... True. As it it a woman, if, if it was still a man with the sight, I'd have been guessing Raphael, but, you know... Uh, well, that's not a man, that's a turtle. Uh, yeah. Turtle without fear. Turtle without fear. That's a great title, though. They should make it for They need to. I mean, the TMNT are, in, in, uh, are tied to Daredevil. Uh, you know, it was the same group that took Nat's vision that gave them. Uh, and, and you've already got ninjas kind of yeah. built in, right? I mean, that's why it was the foot. Yeah, the foot climb. The hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the foot and the hand can team up. Yeah, and honest, although I'll say this the foot, way better than the hand. I'm just going to put that out there. That's only because of your only um, involvement with the hand was the TV show. But the hand in the I'm, comic is pretty. I'm pretty sure cool. they've popped up in a comic I've read, but yeah, not, maybe not to a great extent. They 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 brought Wolverine back from the dead. That's pretty cool. I always enjoy it. Yeah, but the the foot have got Shredder as their Sorry. leader. But they're robots. They're not ninjas. They're robots. Oh, robots. robots. I mean, I'm, I'm going off of the cartoon logic. I haven't read a Turtles comic in a very long time. Are they are they actual ninjas in the comics? Uh, I yeah. believe so. And okay. the live action movies, they were definitely humans. So. There were teenage kids that wanted to play in an arcade. They were the trained ninjas. by Shredder. <laughs> yeah. They were still ninjas. Uh, uh, and then number 10 is Star Wars Bounty Hunters, issue yeah. 20. So uh, only one DC book in the top 10, which is a little bit dire. Uh, but to be fair, not a lot of DC books this week, uh, and most of them do come quite quickly after that. Number 11 is Justice League vers- uh, versus Legion of Superheroes. Kind of glad that didn't make the top 10. Uh, number 13 is Batgirls, number 15 is Joker, 16 Robin and Batman, 17 Batman Urban Legends. So the rest of them are all like, next. <laughs> yeah, and those last couple that are you know, towards the bottom are significantly higher priced than a lot of the books, so it makes sense that they're lower yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, nothing, nothing that concerns me, but uh, it, is, it is a shame to have a week where there's only the one DC book in the top 10. Yeah. But... It'll be interesting to see if tech... 1050 which is an oversized issue and you know that it's the end of act one of this weekly story will be any higher i suspect uh well it may be higher because they probably do some special variants and things so uh, well maybe not in comicsology yeah uh, yeah Yeah. we expect comicsology but uh i suspect that digitally speaking it'll probably just be consistent (laughs) just because it's the middle of a story uh regardless of any special numbering uh, which I, I like because they're showing the cover off at the back. You know, when they're the, oh, the the four part yeah connecting variant. Yeah, uh, looks very nice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there you go. That's a comicsology top ten. Um, and as for a little bit of news, um, I don't do I have the article up? Oh, I do have the article up. I was I was prepared. Oh my! Uh, An exchange. So. 
I, I want to invite the audience into just a little bit behind the curtain here. I just want to, I want to say how I discovered this 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 story. Matt sent a message to our group chat yesterday or the day before, whatever day it was. I was at the gym. To be fair, that's I, why there was a big gap in between. And simply just said something to the effect of, "How do you guys feel about the phrase Flashpoint Batman?" Flashpoint Beyond. Oh, sorry, Flashpoint, Flashpoint Beyond. Beyond. Yeah, sorry, Flashpoint Beyond. And I think I was having a nap or something when he first sent this, and I woke up and saw this and just sort of went, not great, Matt. Not great. <laughs> You've never been more Larry David than you were in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at my response. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, so, and then Matt's like, but John's. And I'm like, wait, what? What's happening? Uh-huh. What's going on? What is and then this? Connor, who actually read the article, so I'm only reading the headlines <laughs> as they're coming across my Twitter as I'm in between sets, right? Um, and then I, after the gym, I go to the grocery store. I'm going around, you know, forgetting things, having to go back, and I keep periodically checking our chat. And it starts to get progressively worse because Connor actually read the article. <laughs> yes, I'm down. One of us do some due diligence on a story, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Connor, you want to you want to fill everybody in on on? Uh, yeah. We should well, we should stop and say this exists. Yeah. Well, for, for this the, is a real thing. For the record, you know, I I didn't really say much after my initial response because I said f this and went back to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, for the record, I did not go back to sleep because this was going on at around five p.m. our time. <laughs> and I keep yeah, a, you know you know the hours that Pete keeps. Though. Yeah, yes. Like, I'm not going to pretend I keep a good sleep schedule, but I was awake at five p.m. <laughs> How about you bite me? Okay. So, uh, this is going to be a mini-series. It's getting a, a double-sized issue zero, and then a one through six. So, it's a seven-issue mini-series. Two issues a month. Uh, it's every other week, as they put it in the article, yeah. Um, or at least it's every other week for issue one onwards. I don't know if issue zero lines up with that exactly, but... Uh, well, it starts on April 5th and ends on June 21st, so you could work that out. I'm not going to it, but yeah, you can work it out. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I didn't say you, you will work it out. I said you could. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be a meta story. And if you look at the, the preview page they've got in the article here in Newsarama, you, you, you'll actually see, like, uh, like 5G averted written on something. And it's like, okay, all right. Yeah. We're, we're going full, full hog with this. Uh Obviously, we get Flashpoint Batman uh, starring in this. Johns is there for issue zero, but then he is only co-writing the remaining six issues, and we have Jeremy Adams, who's cur- the current writer on Flash, which I think is a decent enough book. There's one dodgy issue, but I've had a decent enough time with it. I know Matt's thinking of catching up, so... I, I wasn't yeah. a big fan. I bounced. I, I gave it a good few issues, to be fair. Didn't enjoy it. But don't get me wrong. The other name that's co-writing uh, some of these issues... Is a bit more concerning to all of us, I think, and that is the uh, was Sheridan, the man who's on a uh, Titans Academy and uh, that Shazam mini, that Shazam mini, and there was another one, right? I feel like maybe there wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I don't know. I just ignore everything with his name on at this point. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't really argue with that. And and what is maybe slightly concerning is Tim Sheridan seems to be the one doing the uh, the press rounds. He's the one doing the interviews. Yeah, so it this is like weirdly cruel in that like on some level, of course, as DC fans, we we you know 
we were always going to get at least a little bit excited at Jeff Johns comic again, just because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's got enough cred DC comics wise that you kind of look into it. And I, so to hear that it's returning to Flashpoint Batman in this weird meta story, but then also that, oh, he's actually just co-writing and we've got some, we've got a B-lister and then like a D-lister, <laughs> like filling in the rest I, of the writing juice. Like, all I will right. give them credit that they have good artists. So you sure. got Eduardo Riso doing the Zero issue, who did the the Flashpoint Batman miniseries back right. in the day. So which, was the be- was, which was the best miniseries that tied into yeah, Flashpoint. Well, it was. And Rizzo and that's a nice teams with Azarello a lot. So, you know, that, that's who big did fan that. Of his art. And yeah. the remaining six issues are drawn by Zamanico, who we're all pretty big fans of. Oh yeah, Zamanico's mm-hmm. great. So, yeah, all look good. There's no, no denying yeah. it's going to look good, and there's no denying I'm going to try it, at the very, if not read all of it, just for the art. I could not be less enthusiastic about this book existing, okay. though. The, I, have I, I ever told you that I have all of Flashpoint? Not yeah. the miniseries. Yes. You've you mentioned this in the past. But every single... And guess what? I can't get rid of it because nobody wants it. <laughs> I um, I saw someone on Twitter, I don't know who, because I don't even follow them, it was just a suggested tweet for me, because Twitter's new algorithm is I hate it. Really aggressive. Uh, but it was someone saying, "Did you know, do people realize Flashpoint isn't actually good and people just like the Flashpoint animated movie? And I think that's maybe a fair point. But also, I don't even think it was that it's good. I think it's that it's important. Because I think we will all agree Flashpoint yeah. was an important story for the sake of continuity, for the sake of, okay, this led into... Oh. New 52, and obviously that is you know, not necessarily a good thing, it is but shaped, regardless, it's been important for the industry. 12 years of DC Comics, I, and, you know, I, and I, even someone like Barry Allen, because they took things that happened in Flashpoint and made it part of his character for the last 12 years. Yeah, I, Flashpoint, honestly, I don't think Flashpoint is that bad an event. Honestly, the, the, the main thing I dislike about Flashpoint is that it leads into New 52. If, if Flashpoint ended and it just went back to the DC Universe mm-hmm. as it was... I think it'd be a fine little Barry Allen um, event. Here's the thing: I don't think I don't think it's bad. Uh, I I don't want to give that, but I don't think it's like great. It's, it's no, fine. It's, it's, fine. It's, it's a it's a perfectly fine event it's... that would be probably forgotten if it didn't have monumental consequences on a publishing level, as opposed to just oh, it affected the story for a little bit. Yeah, and and that one really good Batman like mini tie-in. Yeah, that that was really good. Which yeah, yeah. Right. And the the Superman one by Snyder wasn't terrible. So, um, the Superman one was, I mean, it didn't it wasn't as good as the Batman one, but it, it did no, have no, its no, moments, but, yeah. No, it wasn't it wasn't anything as bad as like the Amazons and and Aquaman. I, and, I, I did buy and read a lot of the Flashpoint tie-ins. I didn't read all of them though. There was definitely some that I just wasn't interested in. But I, you know, I read the Hal Jordan mini, I read the I think I read the Abin Sur one, I think I read you know, some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. The probably the like, Dick Grayson um, one. Yeah, but like as a Jeff Johns event, it's probably on my lower like, let's say his big three are Flashpoint, Blackest Night, and Infinite Crisis. It's definitely in the third spot. It's... I don't know, for me. The sad part is, is I know I know some people would would like to compare this, right, to James Cameron just wanting to do Avatar movies now. Uh, I don't like that comparison. I don't see how that's the same. Well, it's similar in the sense that I think people are disappointed that, you know, Cameron's finally coming back to do a movie and he's doing, he's just doing Avatar movies now. <laughs> he created, like, right? here's the thing. But it's, but it's the idea, no, just let me finish my, my point. Yeah. 
So it's the idea that Jeff Johns is coming back, but he's just coming back to do more Flashpoint stuff. Like, I think someone could compare that. I would fight against it a little bit, and I think James Cameron is going to prove all these people wrong, because the man's oh, well, a genius. He's going to make four more mediocre movies, like the last right. one. Here, here's the thing, Pete. I, I'll poke a needle at you about that, or whatever, but, like, James Cameron still created an entire alien culture. Of course he wants to play in that sandbox he created. Oh, yes. It's, I don't blame him for that. And I'm not a huge Cameron fan, so if that's what he wants to do, cool. Like, I'm glad he gets to do that. Um, but right. I wouldn't compare John's, because John's has done, like, he came back into Doomsday Clock, which we all loved, right? I mean, oh, just, that Connor just read, before we get away loved. from James Cameron. On, I read all of them. Just before we get <laughs> away from James Cameron, one point, the Abyss is going to 4K then yes. later this year. Delighted about that news. Yeah, Thank no, you very I'll much. I'll probably actually yeah. finally watch the movie because I've been putting it off for over a decade yeah. because it didn't exist in a reasonable format. Right. So Me that's, too. that's just great news. I just want to put that out there because I've been, sorry, waiting, like, I've been waiting for like 15 years for this news. So, But, but like, I could see that comparison if that's all John seemed to want to write was flash pointy things because that's all, all Cameron is focused on right now is his Avatar world. You know, which again, I understand. He put a lot of work into John's that one. Like, literally just gone and written something original over image uh right Tiger. exactly so mm. like that's just not a, even a, a on top comparison i mean i feel like john's is just retreading his old stuff right like yeah. reading through the stargirl comic watching the first season and then seeing that the spring break special is all about the seven soldiers i feel like there's always a seven soldier story he wanted to tell I, that he I'm never got to level with you right now is I don't think John's even cares about this particular story, and I'm not no. saying that because I think John's, you know, you know, anything bad against him. But I think we've got Justice League incarnate right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Flashpoint Batman is pretty heavily featured in that. He's been kind of featured since Doctor Batman. Sure, Doctor Batman. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think they use that name once in this article. No. Um, so I don't think that's sticking. But that stick he's, for me? he's been. I mean, since since the button brought him back quite a few years ago now, he's kind of been a, you know, we had him in the bottom and we had him in later in King's Run and then we had him in, uh, you know, some, you know, recent stuff. It feels like an editorial push for wanting that. And it feels like, to me at least, to give it legitimacy as a, oh, we can do this is let's get John's back for the first issue so we can sell it on John's name as opposed to John's yeah. coming to them with this. Yeah, I feel, I feel, it feels wrong. like a stunt because that's why he's not writing the whole thing on his own. The, the reason right. why... It, you know, it's kind of like you. Like, I mean, this was saying before we started recording, but like talking about like direct, like stunt directors being brought in to. And when I say stunt, I don't mean like a stunt director, as in they do stunts. <laughs> I mean a stunt director, and you get a big name director to do your first episode of your TV show, so you can sell it as this show's directed by so and so. But yeah, they're, they're there for one episode, then they leave, and then other people try and mimic their style uh, for the rest right. of it. That's maybe what this is more like. Well, and I also yeah. feel like with John's when it comes to DC continuity. That's a thing that he really loves. So I feel like to revisit that and to, you know, talk about 5G being adverted and all this other stuff, I do feel like he at least has some ideas or maybe this is all stuff that was left behind from scraps that he had, you know, from before or whatever. Um, but he's not doing the full thing. So you really like it really does feel like a stunt. Yeah, I, I don't get the I don't get the impression that he's come with this. You know, he's passionate about this story that he's come up with, and he's begged DC. Now the Didio's gone. Please, can I tell this story? I I don't right. get that feeling at all. It feels like they've come to him and gone, look, can you just 
can we, you know, could you write this first issue? We'll slap your name on it. We'll give you, we'll pay you this much. Just is it, is it just me or does this feel really like inconsequential as well? It feels like this is not going to lead to anything or be important to the the grand scheme of things. No, I, I also feel like they're trying to capture from what we've heard about rumors of of the Flash movie. I really feel like they're trying to get some synergy going, and you know, we might have an appearance of. Flashpoint. You, you, you know, I never even thought of this, but you're right. The and fact that the we're getting of this would come out later in the year. We're getting yep. a we're getting a Flashpoint movie, and they're doing a comic that's got Flashpoint in the title. Like, I just yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's what I feel mm. like they're doing. And you know, Johns is the original name that did it, so of course they'll try to pull him. And, 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 and there. but it definitely love- feels like synergy. We, we keep complaining about how the first ever Flash movie is like, you know, filled with all these guest stars to, because they, they don't believe in the character enough and it's really frustrating and annoying. But it's really funny to me that the comic that they're, they're, they're producing as a sort of cash grab to tie into the movie doesn't even have the freaking Flash in it. Right. Well, at least not I mean, in that. I mean, it may be, it yeah. may show up, but he's not in a starring role. They're not, they've barely yeah. mentioned him in this if they have mentioned him at all in the article. Right. And so, and that's just kind of the problem that I have with Warner Brothers handling of the movies right now, is that it seems like only one character matters. And because that's the character that turns money over. So, yeah. and I mean, it's a know. good reason for them to matter, admittedly. <laughs> I understand. I'm not going to argue uh, with that. With I just. Story. Because I don't know how much, if you've read the actual thing. No, uh, Batman's hunting after a new serial killer called clock the Clockwork work. Killer. The Clockwork Killer, But it killer, says yeah. it'll have a lot to do with the, uh, it, you know, it mentions specifically the two, possibly the two worst parts of the original Flashpoint story, at least for my, in my opinion. Uh-huh. The Aquaman stuff and the Wonder Woman stuff are both <sighs> going to be returning elements. And those were two of the most mediocre elements for me. Yeah, that, that feels, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Although I wouldn't describe them as two elements, because if I remember correctly, they were at war. So I would sort of describe that as one big thing. Uh, sure, but... I, I, two elements in the sense of they were two different characters. It was uh, the, the take <laughs> of each of those characters. It was two elements. It was sure. the Aquaman and the, the the take on Aquaman and the take on Wonder Woman. Yes, they were tied together in a story, but they had their own thing as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of movies, though, uh, I, I do think it's worth... Uh, Man, I don't know if, uh, did you guys see earlier today the Batgirl outfit was posted? I saw it last night. Yeah, it was oh, last, last night. night. Yeah. So, well, whatever it happened. Yeah. Look, time is an illusion, okay? Uh, that's only because you sleep at stupid hours, like 5pm. Time is an illusion, and whatever. Um, do you know what? It looks very authentic for what it's going for, mm-hmm. but unfortunately for me, it's going for the Burnside look, and I don't like the Burnside right, costume. But, but, as much as I don't like the Burnside era, the suit itself, like, I feel this is also playing off of the Yvonne Craig, you know, uh, 60s Batman. I was going to say, because it's the darker purple, as opposed yeah. to the bright purple of those, right. of that run. You know, right. this is that deep and it's, purple, and it, it's closer yeah, to Yeah, and it's not that, like, single-breasted, like, almost tunic kind of look. It actually, this looks like a motorcycle jacket. I, I will say, one, I'm not surprised that this is the outfit they chose to adapt. Yeah. It, it, I don't necessarily think the story will adapt any of that, or even stylistically no. it'll be tonally that. I think it's just, it's one of the easiest costumes to adapt. And two... Yeah. I hate it. I don't care. I hate it. Well, hang I... on. Two, I will be shocked. Shocked if this isn't just the first... No, you're probably right. She makes herself and there's another one later. She's probably, she'll probably get one from Bruce at the end that's more, you know, professional mm. and whatever. Right? That makes sense. Right? Kind of like Spider-Man getting Tony Stark to give him some fancy outfits. What, what, what I will say, though, 
is what I really don't like about it, and what I especially don't like about it in live action, is that it looks like it belongs on the CW. Because one of the things I hate about the Flash outfit and some of the other ones in the CW is they have this like they look like a, just like a like Flash's outfit a lot of the time on on the CW show, and they've changed it like as times went on, so it looks less like this now. But for a long time, it had this kind of feel like it was really just like a like a motorbike jacket that had a, had yeah. a cowl. And I, I just, it looked like a loose fit. It didn't feel like a superhero outfit. It felt like someone had converted something for cosplay purposes. Um, So, and I get that the whole point of Batgirl's Burnside outfit is that it's meant to be a bit more like, oh, lo-fi, and she did it herself, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I don't know. The, 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 the jacket looks never done it for me. I, think it's right. I, I like I, the I color. I don't mind it. I, I think... Yeah. I wouldn't have minded if the yellow popped a little bit more. I think it, I don't know if it's just the lighting of this picture, maybe, but the the gold trim is a bit muted for me. I think it popped a little bit more. The reason, overall, I mean, I don't hate it. The reason for that, I think, is because the outfit's otherwise quite dark. Is that you run the risk of the the the, the symbol and potentially well she's not wearing yellow gloves in this i don't think but uh, she's got the, the boots on she's got the yellow boots and the yeah. yellow on the inside of the cape yeah which admittedly is brighter for the cape but the worry is is that that the yellow highlights of the outfit will pop more than the, her face and you want her face to be the part of your eye goes to i get that. Her. I, I get it like in terms of if you're making this as a movie you have to take those things into consideration as opposed to just let's design an outfit right um yeah Honestly, I think it looks good for what so, it is. Sad. Whether or not that's your taste is a different. The, the sad, the sad, the sad part is, is the best Batgirl outfit on screen currently is still the flashbacks from that awful Birds of Prey TV show where they had Dana Meyer. Because I, I don't know if you know this, but what they did for that is they actually took the Batgirl outfit from Batman and Robin. They got it, like they got that outfit, and but they replaced the boots and the gloves with yellow, <laughs> and like made it look like an actual Batgirl outfit, and it looks pretty good. <laughs> Oh, it's a Batgirl. To, I'm going to look this up right now. I just said uh, Dana Meyer or Batgirl. I'm sure you'll get photos yeah. of it. Uh, so I, I don't have like massively strong opinions on this because it's, at the end of the day... I think it looks I, good. I, I don't mind that much. At the, really, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm over nitpicking over costumes, kind of. Like, you know, it, it looks fine. It looks like a Batgirl. It looks... It looks oh, like I'll give you a, outfit. I'll give you a hot, that. I'll give you a hot take. Riddler's outfit's better. <laughs> no. Disagree. <laughs> Hard disagree. This still looks like. Take away the question mark on the Riddler, and you're like, "Oh, who's this serial?" The killer? question mark's all you need. One question mark, nah. and the ba- bim, bang, boom. That's Riddler. Yeah. You still look at this show. and know this is Batgirl. You know, I like. But see, I like the purple and yellow color scheme. It's just the motorcycle jacketiness of it's a little bit weird. Um, but, but yeah. Um, not better than the Riddler. Come on. That, that is a Once spicy again, proving he has no taste. <laughs> That's a, that is a Pepper X level spicy I just take. knew that would piss you. Everyone's complaining about the Riddler's outfit in the new Batman movie. I just yeah, knew it would no, I, like, I, I do <laughs> like this. Um, but I am surprised to see that there's a lot of people that aren't high on the Burnside era. I thought that was just us. Because I thought that was I, a well I think it's a generational thing. I think it's very popular with people zoomers yeah um honestly i've read the burnside stuff i i don't hate it i don't i don't love it it's not my favorite era i mean i dropped after like an arc i didn't like it at all I, yeah. I've re- i read it all 
I think it's perfectly decent. I would, you know, if you slap the omnibus in front of me now and said, read it, I go, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't hate my time with that. But, you know, it's, it, I'm not, none of us really, I don't think, are the target audience of that book. It, no. aimed, it aimed at a younger audience. And I, I also yeah. prefer my, my Babs as Oracle. Uh, I do, you as know. Well, not, you know, so, so her suited up and stuff is still something to get used to. But it's that been was a decade just, at this point, right? It was just, I just have accepted it. When she mm-hmm. moved to Burnside and it was all the hipstery stuff, it just, it didn't feel like Babs. It, that felt like more, it was a, a Steph story that they, you know, I think if wedged. you take that exact book and change the name, mm-hmm. not even to, to Steph, but just change it to a different back, like just a new Batgirl, I right. think it would have been even significantly more well-received yeah. by people. Yeah. So. Well, well, this is the thing, you do you do this thing, and I, 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 the, the, the example I always bring up for this uh, is Resident Evil, actually, because Resident Evil has this problem where you've got old-school fans like me, who loved the early days of Resident Evil, and then they reinvented the wheel with Resident Evil 4. So then you have fans that were made by Resident Evil 4, who won Resident Evil 4, 5, and not really, so everyone hates 6, but 6 is, at least in theory, like those games. And then you have the first-person Resident Evil games that go back to horror, and that creates a new set of fan base for it. So they're in this predicament now that every time a new Resident Evil game gets announced, two-thirds of the audience, give or take, are disappointed with what version they're going with <laughs> because it won't please all the fans of it. So, it is, and this is true for some comic book characters, but like in this case, with Batgirl, and even just Batgirl as a whole, if you're including that, but I just mean Barbara Gordon, mm-hmm. there's going to be groups of people who are like, no, we don't want Burnside. But then there's going to be other groups of people who are like, no, Burnside is exactly the one we want. Burnside <laughs> is, is the Batgirl for us. They're never going to please everyone, right? Like no. it's it's physically impossible. So they they might as well pick their take and doing it. If they're going for Burnside, go for it. The pro- I think the problem is though is that I've been so burned by DC comic movies over the past decade that uh, I'm I want pandered to you bastards. <laughs> like give me what I want. Hey, you're literally getting your ideal Batman movie like next month. But I don't need that. I've already had my ideal Batman trilogy. I don't need another Batman movie. Batman's been achieved. Well, Bloods of Prey exists. That, that warms my heart to hear, because I don't hear that. Batman fans seem to be very greedy and think that... Like, I mean, I'll take more. Yeah. I'll, I'll happily yeah. have more, but I don't need that. I, I, I want to see all these other characters be achieved. And Birds of Prey was not an example of that. <laughs> so, piss off. Birds of Prey was fantastic. It's the best, it's still the best DC movie in, in the current set. I'm not weighing in on this, though, but I don't need It looked to like you were this. nodding along, to right. be honest, Matt. I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted with Connor right now. He's, 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 he's absolute filth. That's what I'm doing. I'll say he gave us uh, Margot Robbie proper as Harley, and I'm thankful for that. So I like her Harley a whole lot more than uh, that other guy. movie she was in first. It was a great huntress. <laughs> it was a you terrible Cassandra Kane. <laughs> well, it wasn't even Cassandra Kane. I'm not, I'm not going over this again. Did we have the same way. You guys bitch at me about having the same arguments every time. This is the same argument we have over Birds of Prey versus everything else. So yeah, I, I didn't bring up Birds of Prey. He brought up Birds of Prey. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm happy never bringing that movie up again. I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> Life has moved on. <laughs> you never move on. Life has moved on. I am quite happy. Um, do you know there's four DC movies scheduled for uh, this year? Nope. Batman... Shazam 2. Shazam 2. 
Flashpoint. Is Black Adam this year? No, uh, was it Black Adam? I thought it was Aquaman at the end of the year. Maybe it is Black Adam. But, but yeah, I don't know anymore. There's four. What are those two is the fourth one? Will I see any of them in cinemas? Probably not. I'll see Batman. You're, you're telling me you're going to miss taking Paige to go see The Rock as Black Adam? I mean, I can just watch it at home. Come on, play it. you got to think about it for a minute. Look, she's not going to argue if I say we're going to see this. Let me let me say that. She'll, she'll cover a lot. I mean, she could talk about them anyway, but she would definitely go along with that. There There's no disputing that fact. But more does I, I still haven't been to a cinema. I don't know if I'm ready to go to a cinema. I didn't go. I didn't go to see Bond. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go see Batman. Am I going to go see Black Adam? <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we I'll are. I'll see Batman. I, I, the rest of them, I don't know. I'm going to be there. I, I, it... I, I will say I'm going to laugh if Batman gets late because things are getting delayed again. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. I don't think so though because it, we're, we're six weeks out and they're not. I, I think they're uh, just going to turn out. Because honestly, with Marvel, like I saw Spider-Man in theaters, but mm -hmm. most of the ones coming out this year, I could probably wait on. I, I don't think most of them It'll are. will be on Disney Plus within a few months. Yeah, I don't think there's any that I need to see right away. Why it's coming out, Marvel? I, I legitimately don't know. I a genuine question. I wasn't being snarky. Oh, I... <sighs> Multiverse of Madness. Um... Yeah, oh yeah, I can wait on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor really that first Doctor Strange movie, such shit. <laughs> I, I don't actually. Yeah, know but I've been I've I've been tempted by rumors that a certain character from What If might be showing up in live action, and I I have to. I love so. that I don't know which character that is. I know, and I'm, I'm keeping it vague on purpose. Like, there was obviously but if you know me, variations Connor, on what. I, I, I is, is it one that happens I've... to be getting a comic book player this year? Maybe. Oh, well, I don't know who's getting a comic book, but I have a guess exactly. based on, and I only know a couple of characters that are in What If. It's it's if it is, it's a character that's getting a comic this year from a creator. That means I'm going to read it. Is it a character that Matt has an unhealthy crush on? That could sum up a lot of characters. Oh, oh I see. I see. Character actress might be a better word to use. Yeah. Uh, in that that case, I mean, it's a healthier crush than some of Matt's crushes. Yeah, true. So I can get my wife to go see the three five five with Jessica Chastain. So, you know, I might have to go see that one by myself. Just have to uh, lure her in with, uh, I don't know. T just uh, tell her. Jake she Gyll knows everything Chris Evans is in, so I can't even lie. Tell tell her Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and she'll want to see it right away. <laughs> no, no, she will bait it even harder. <laughs> <laughs> she'll show up defacing things. Uh, she's crazy. <laughs> That said, I'm thinking about ordering a Jake Gyllenhaal Hall shirt just to wear around the I think, house. I think you need a life-size cutout. Yeah. yeah. One of those cardboard so, ones that you prop up. Oh, no, I think she heard me. Cool. Yeah, you should totally get one of those stand-ups and just have it, like, just yeah. hide it, sneak it in when she's not around, so then just put it in the bathroom. <laughs> so when she goes, out, yeah. she goes out in the bathroom, just randomly... Just like Jake stick Gyllenhaal it up sideways, there. so it like sticks out from behind the door, so it's just like have his head popping <laughs> if out. If I really, the if I really wanted to be, you know, I would uh, get him from Nightcrawler, but then that would scare me too much, so I don't want to do that. Oh, we go. got Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, apparently Wakanda Forever, but with the delays, I don't. See uh, that. Apparently, that's that's chewing yeah. again this week. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw it today. Uh, the guy who plays M'Baku got a raise yep. because he's got an expanded role, 
And they said yeah. that Letitia Wright's uh, vaccination issues have been resolved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. They didn't, say, they didn't say she got it. They just say it's been resolved. Well, I had heard they paid her more money and she finally relented. That could be missed. But just give it just, to Maku. Just, That's just, my guy. Just get, you know, Hitman from the Hitman games to sneak up with a syringe and just, bleh, just do it. Speaking of, just, just while you mentioned the Hitman games. Hey, wait, do you mean actual Hitman or Timothy the Elephant? I think it means actual Hitman. Uh, actual Hitman. Okay. Yes. Those, I, I believe all three of those new Hitman games are coming to Game Pass this month, so I might finally actually try them. I already have the first two, and I'll probably get the third one at some point, because I, I like the idea of playing them. I just haven't actually done it yet. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and I'm pretty sure I got, like, one of them, again, free on Epic as well, so I own the first one, like, twice, uh, as you do. <laughs> I have... There are games that are given away on Epic that have been given away in, like, other places that I have, like, three, four times that I'm never going to touch. Like, I have GTA 5 in, like, four places at this point. I've, I've never got to touch it. Mm, no, nah, no, nah, me neither. I have it on Epic, but I'm not going to play it. Mm. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> I guess that wraps up the news segment, everyone. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed it. That, that was allegedly some news in there somewhere. There was some, there was some news mixed in. Uh, <laughs> to, to the overall thing. Uh, so... This segment that we're going to is the results of the fans of the show voting for the best DC comics of 2021. Uh, this is usually on the annual episode, but I kind of forgot to set up the voting before that. So it's Shandy. on this one instead. Uh, so yeah, very simple. Uh, best series of the year, I'll give you the top 10. Effectively, everyone submitted the top 5. Was it Nightwing? But let me explain how this works first, you prick. <laughs> right? Effectively, everyone submitted the top five and they got points based on where they placed and then that made that, you know, ultimately a top ten has been formed out of everyone's uh, votes. Do you want me to make some predictions? Go on then. Take two, two predictions. Have one, a guess. Nightwing at one. My second prediction is too much Bendis because any amount of Bendis will be too much Bendis <laughs> and I don't trust our audience enough that there's no Bendis. Matt, would you like to make any any predictions here? I'm going to guess that the, the audience went rogue and they put Robin in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> Avenge me. It's <laughs> a very ambitious prediction. Huh? Okay. All right. Well, let's see how this... I know that have the same energy as Kevin on The Office going, if John Cougar, Mellencamp, everyone's an Oscar, I'm going to be a very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> hey if gary Busey ever wins an oscar i'm going to be a very rich man did we go over this is gary Busey died or is he still around he's still alive okay because i couldn't remember if i got mandela affected i could have sworn he died gary Busey but... will never die yeah, true. He's, he's immortal true. oh this is going to age so badly <laughs> that is a t-shirt really nothing happens between now and you publishing this episode <laughs> gary Busey will never die that is uh that's a t-shirt that sounds like a fan oh i think for episode 300 it's, i mean it's got to do with dc cars but for episode 300 we should get together and watch the movie where he swaps bodies with a dog <laughs> yes so gary Busey pretends to be a dog and like sniffs around and barks and the most he didn't have to do much ever. acting. The man's a maniac. <laughs> like they just filmed him living his life. <laughs> All right. Okay. Top ten as voted for by our audience. So thank you to everyone who did submit uh, votes. Uh, and there's a few differences to 
to our, our list. So uh, let's, let's have a look-see. Uh, number 10. Uh, sneaking on there with not a lot to go on, but uh, it made enough of an impression. Human Target is uh, yeah. s- snuck on there, number 10. I, I-, I sent recency bias. I, I I mean it's very good though, but I I hate to agree. Oh my god, he's a little fluffy dog in this. It's called Wiggly. <laughs> I, I've intrigued Matt. He he had to go find what the movie was. In the UK, it was called Daddy Dog Day. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, number number nine. <laughs> Um, number eight. To be fair, I think that is the only one that you could accuse them of recency buying on. Yeah. So the, the, it's just I that will one. accuse everything of it. And it, it, just, it just snuck on it to the number ten, so it's not like it, they go that high. Uh, number nine is Superman, Son of Kal El. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Batman. Yep. Number seven is Detective Comics. So yeah, both Bat books kind of side by side. Uh, but sure, man. I mean, they're both pretty good. I mean, we like Detective yeah, War. I'm not gonna argue. So. I like Batman more. You two like Detective War. Yes, we have taste. Yes, uh, but I mean, we vote you. Just earlier on, you you were agreeing that me and you had taste, and, and he didn't. Why do you think I laughed? Because I understand the hypocrisy of my statements. I'm self-aware. You're the always sunny. I'm playing both sides. Uh huh. You're that gift. <laughs> that way, I'm never wrong. <clears throat> <laughs> Number six. Here's one that didn't make our list. Number six. Infinite Frontier. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. The, the Frontier. Maybe part of that is because it was an event everyone read it, so it kind of just true got on by mass appeal. Uh, maybe I guess. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was a solid book it wasn't a bad book by any means it just uh but it was never in consideration for us i don't think to, to no. make it out of the top 10 uh number five i can't i can't believe this but uh number five is robin <laughs> what's it really that's no, it's it robin I'm, I'm not lying <laughs> i was waiting for him as i'm looking up where i can watch quigley yeah um, I, I was i'm just waiting for him to be saying that because matt was like i wanted to sneak into the five i'm like uh-huh. Actually, it's actually Robin. It's actually Robin. Robin's number five. You, yeah, I'm proud of you people. You have taste. <laughs> I'm impressed. Oh, dear. Uh, number four is Strange Adventures. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three is Rorschach. Agree. Okay. Number two is Action Comics. Mm. Which is even higher than we had that actually. Uh, yeah. So it's only because you wouldn't let me put it above Rorschach. Well, it's only because you have terrible taste and d- didn't want to read more Rorschach. Not according to the audience, I don't. It's still number three, I pray. And I wanted action comics above it. You didn't read the audience. He's hey, number what's three. Number book? one, so we can get this going. Let me know what number one is. I don't do you do? It's the only one that hasn't been said yet. So. Yeah, quickly, comic book adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's not streaming on any of my services, so I, I am sad now. <laughs> That's a speciality film, mate. You have to seek it out and rent it. <laughs> That's yeah. how that works. Uh, number one is, of course, Nightwing, and I'm going to be honest with you, it won by a bit of a landslide, so... Uh, Fair. You know, I'm there saying, you go. One, glad to be wrong about my Bendis prediction. Two, not surprised by this one at all, because... Everyone loves this book. This isn't just us. This is 
this is winning best book of the year from kind of everyone. It's it's also one of those things that if someone's complaining about it and they use you know why they hate modern comics and they bring up Tom Taylor's Nightwing, you're like you clearly don't read comics, my guy, because it's pretty unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they also voted on you know a couple of things. Uh, you know, best writer, of course. Um, which actually the result of this is a tie. Ooh. Is it the two Toms? It is not the two Toms. Um, throw That's a Williamson in there. Yeah. So, well, who are you guessing, Matt? Uh, I'm guessing they're they're gonna throw Williamson in there because of Robin. <laughs> Look, Matt, you got the miracle of him it, being in it? the top five. That's not to be sure fair luck. to to be fair to him though. Infinite Frontier Infinite, as well. Infinite Frontier true, as well. True. So it's not like an unreasonable. I, I'm I'm gonna guess uh, PKJ, but. Oh, interesting guesses. No, the, the tie uh, for best writer is down to Tom Taylor and Ram V. Oh, Connor, where were you? Do you know what? You dude. No, but the thing is, he didn't appear at all on the top 10 of books. Right. Which mm. is why I didn't think he was going to be in this consideration. I guess this is a case of the body of his work kind of built up for people over the year enough that no, it added oh. up to become a best this writer is... vote, but not enough to be like, you know, Topping in the individual titles. This is like at the Oscars when someone's nominated for Best Director, but the movie's not up for Best Picture, and you're like, "How'd that happen?" Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, well, keep in mind, like you know, when they're doing the, they only put in one writer each versus putting right. in top five books. So, you know, like effectively, what I'm saying is here is that. Maybe Ram V split between people like Catwoman, Swamp Thing. As I'm saying, collectively, dark. kind of, yeah. you know, his titles built up to, you know, people want him as the best writer, but even if the individual titles didn't crack their top list. Yeah. I mean, all the names you guys mentioned did get, like, you know, put forth, but did uh, mm. not yeah. win. Uh, artists, anyone care to guess who won Best Artist? Gerards. Uh well, you have to do the team, right? Of Garrods and and Shaner, and then uh, let's it could, go. Could be Fornes for Rorschach. Yeah, Fornes or um, uh, Blanco for for Catwoman. Uh, neither of you have said that. Bruno Redondo is best artist of the uh, year. As uh, fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, and just close second was Mike Perkins. Okay. Surprising, but not. Mm. Not a bad surprise, you know. No. So that's cool. Uh, the other category they voted on, uh, it was it's just, I mean, this one wasn't like book specifically, it was just titled Worst of the Year. And this has been on it for, we've done this a few years now. Uh, it can be a book, but it can also be like, you know, bad news we got this year. It can be, uh, you know, anything that you think has is, is been wrong with DC this year. Uh, would anyone care to guess what? Because there is, because the risk with this one is that everyone might just say something different because it's very broad. Just, but right, I will just, say, but I will say, no, no, no. is it a book or a story? But I will say there is a, a definite winner here that had multiple people saying this, and it is a book. It's a hmm. book. Worst book. Is it a Bendis book? It's it's Justice League. It is Justice League. Yeah, because <laughs> it's been a mess. Well, thankfully and, not for much longer. And Connor and was worried that Bendis would be in the yeah. top ten. <laughs> I, I know, and, so I, and I feel bad, but it's starting to get to the point where did you guys see that that tweet? I forget who had it, but it was like Romita's coming home, 
Oh, yeah, he's Marvel. on uh, Amazing Spider-Man again. Yeah. And then it's just like, it's it's vastly different reactions from the fan bases, where it's, thank God, Ramita's back. Yeah, yeah, but for different reasons. Um, oh, yeah, thank God Ramita's gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost feeling the same about Bendis, and it's just, it's a shame, because I did like a lot of it. We went over this a lot, but it's just, now it's almost a, a meme where I didn't even read uh, Justice League Legion, which I should. I love Legion. I mean, I dropped I his I Legion this. quite quickly. Yeah. I dropped his Justice League fairly mm-hmm. quickly. What, what, what could I possibly want to get out of his Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes? Right. I mean, I, that's fair. I still look forward to Naomi. Have, I was going to say, it might not have Naomi in it. Um, Naomi was not a problem for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just feel like he needs his own corner, and that's kind of what Wonder Comics should have been. And instead, he he kind of took over everything. Um, and I will say, one of the benefits we got out of that is the aged-up John that now we're getting to see through Taylor's frame and him doing interesting things with him. That reminds so, me of a fun thing. You know how we were talking about last week in the uh, Superman Son of Kal-El issue mm-hmm. that Damien looked kind of older? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's because there was an art flub. Um, yeah. The, the there was some something went wrong between when the script got handed off to the art. They don't know when, but it got fixed obviously by the end. But the um, the original unfinished version that got sent out to you know pre for as a preview to retailers, um, it was Tim in the book. They drew Tim by mistake instead of Damien, so I had to go over and redraw it as Damien over you know basically and. Well, obviously the, the height in the the build was still Tim. Uh, yes, yeah. that's why he looked older in that issue. So so no timey wimey shenanigans of going back in time. No, um, it was just, just a art error. Yeah, it, it was mm. just a mistake that. That got covered up. Yeah, it got caught and fixed, obviously, before publication. Yeah. But that was a, a holdover of that mistake. Uh, I wish Williamson got a hold of that and went, "No, we're gonna make, we're gonna make uh, Damian Petty and make him older than than John now." You know, that also kind of explains my problem, where some of the dialogue was maybe not quite Damian enough. Where obviously right. they put in a few Damian lines, like the lowest line was very like right. on point. But well, no, the the writing was always, it was always written as Damian. It was just when it when but it he's saying that it doesn't artist, it. Right, but it didn't make the connection because it didn't look like Damien, therefore Damien's words didn't seem to line up. Right, Pete? Is that what you're going for? Kinda. The the point I'm making is that, like, maybe this is partly why the mistake was made in the first place, is because it didn't didn't actually feel like Damien. Maybe they were like, this can't be Damien. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Um, But yeah. Uh, And in the last category... Uh, well, actually, I should probably just say some of the other things that people put in this just for the fun. Uh, so, so Bendis uh, Justice League was the the winning thing. Uh, a few, you know, obvious things. So, you know, Teen Titans Academy popped up. Uh, Harley Quinn book popped up. Uh, someone after my own heart complaining about uh, no legacy numbering on some of the long running books like Batman and and stuff. Morons, a lot of you. Uh, shut it. The best, the best thing about Flash and Wonder Woman right now is they went back to the original numbering. It's beautiful. So it's a thing to cherish. There was news this week. We'll get back to it after. Finish this. There was a, there was actually a piece of news that we didn't talk about. That was a great Scott moment. Very good. Uh, and you know, complaints of certain things not existing. And uh, the only other one I'll point out is the one that I just like. I don't understand. Uh, I mean, taste is a thing, but uh, to the person. The one person who said the worst thing at DC this year was Detective Comics. I I don't get you. I don't understand. Name and shame. Name and shame. No, don't name and shame. We don't do that here. Oh, I can't name and shame. It was anonymous. <laughs> uh, 
So I, I don't know who it is. Let yourself be known. Tweet us, comment if, if you're on the YouTube version. Let yourself be known so you can be publicly named in shame. It stuck out though. It's not just because I like Detective Comics or we like Detective Comics, but it just it stuck out because it, you know it made the top ten. But everyone seemed to be into Except it. For that one person. So there's one person just really didn't like yeah. it. There's always one. Uh, but hey, and then the last category, uh, as per usual, is just uh, best non DC books. Just you know, uh, mm-hmm. mention a bunch and see. Uh, any guesses as to what the most mentioned non-DC book was? No. Is it a Marvel book or is it something else? It's not Marvel. Um, is it one of the Tynan books? Maybe. <laughs> okay. If it is, I'm going to go with something's killing the children. No. Department of Truth. There's the problem of truth. Cool. I mean, they're, they're both fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then runner-up was made as a Lila Star. So, so fantastic. Uh, those yeah. were definitely... I have all three of those now sitting, waiting yeah. to be read. Th- those were by far the most mentioned. Um, and th- there was some Marvel books, you know, brought up. Uh, some of the usual suspects. Um, but, yeah. Those were- anyone, if anyone mentioned any X-Men books, then... Terrible people. There was, there was some X-Men book mentions, yes. Disgraceful. Yeah. Uh, some people mentioned Venom, Immortal Hulk, which I, I, I just, I'm assuming that it, it did end this year, then there was some this year. It only ended like a couple months ago. Yeah, okay. So, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, was that this year? Yeah, it, it ended like <laughs> September, October. It was quite uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, very cool. Uh, and uh, clearly Connor uh, sent in a submission because someone mentioned die. So, uh... It's a fantastic book. Or were they telling Connor to die? <laughs> I mean, he's the one reading this. I'm telling him to die. Uh, of course, naturally. Connor, die. Naturally, it's naturally. Book? No, that's an order. Uh, so, not a little segment here for you. Right? This is not a long thing, but... It came to my attention, right? So I, I was planning on reading Urban Legends. And I ended up doing something else instead because it came to my attention. I promised I was going to do something last week. God damn it, I thought you'd forgotten. And I did forget last week. I promised that I was going to start keeping track of all the ratings uh, so that I could have delicious statistics at the end of so the year. So you felt like you had to go and get them right that second instead of reading one more comic? Yes. So, which you have to realize, Connor, that he spent way more time on collecting numbers and statistics because he's a robot than the <laughs> 15 minutes it would have taken to read Urban Legends. Urban so, Legends would take more than 15 minutes. It's a 60 page book. Uh, Connor, did it? I mean, the half that I read, read very fast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I, mean, I didn't look at it, so I don't know. Uh, but I just want everyone to be assured that I noted down the numbers from last week. I've started a document, and I've, I've got... The crazy thing about this is, sure, I, I respect enough that you're doing this. Fine. Uh, yes. You could have waited until this episode was done, and then gone and got those numbers, in, and read your comics, though. Well, no, 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 because I had to set it up so that I, I could have the empty slots, because I'm going to fill it out with the new ratings. You should have never told me this, because now... As we go. Now that I know you're keeping track... <laughs> <laughs> And Joe, Joe, what's amazing, Matt, is uh, every so often I can be like, hey, 
This is what your average is at for the year so far, Matt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it'll be seven. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so it's set up. And so don't worry. Matt's ratings from last week of 8.5, 7.5, 7.5, 8.5, and 8 were all noted down. Yep. Yeah, look, at that, seven, look at that cluster. Yeah. As was Connor's 8.5, 8.0, 7.0, and 8.5. And 8.5, again. I know I have a reputation for being negative. I know, you were quite positive last week. Uh, and my ratings, too. Uh, you, you read slightly different books, which is why there was a, a weird pause there, because it was, oh, wait, it was another one. It's just after a gap. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And not only that, at the end of the year, I'll be able to give you your average for, like, a specific writer, as well as a specific series. Basically, you could have just... It's going to be jotted delightful. down the scores anywhere for this this episode, read your comic, and then gone through and done all this tomorrow. That's not how I operate. I hope you 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 are ready to accept that you have disappointed the people. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they're heartbroken. I didn't read Urban Legends. Well, they might be. They might have wanted your your hot takes. I mean, I I agree. My opinion is the one that they all care about the most. I agree with that sentiment. But yeah, you know. I said I cared the most. I said it's my collective. <laughs> I, I mean, I I, 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 I get what you're saying. I, I, I see what you're putting down. Uh, so, I, uh, it's going to be a thing. We're going to do it, and excitement should ensue. Now, I believe Connor did say that he was going to give us some extra breaking kind of news it's not breaking news it's news that you both know about because we discussed this earlier in the week oh but we obviously forgot about it because whatever site didn't mention it um this is the early cancellation of wonder girl oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 which i think is definitely news because um issue eight was solicited that has been cancelled uh so issue seven which is next week's book or the week after it's this month's book it will be the last issue. They'll still have the two issues tying into Fire the Amazons because they they were we noticed when we read those lists anyway they were the their own series as opposed to just the next issues. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you know this this was in a letter to retailers. It said stay tuned for more on the future of Wonder Girl. So Which, maybe they've got plans yeah, for the it kind future. of implies that there's going to be a new book or unless they're just skyrocketing or to just take over as Wonder Woman like really quickly which it's say, very I... possible given we don't know what this event is going to do that that could happen yeah so it could you just are a lot more positive on this than I am is that where she's just going to get you know swept under the rug I mean it could it could to, be that but the, the way it's phrased makes it sound like there is something planned um I will say that I'm not sad the book. If it is just ending, I mean, I've dropped it. I officially dropped it with issue six because I just didn't want to read it anymore. So I'm, I may be more inclined to go and read issue six and then just read issue seven just so I've read it all then at that point. Yeah. Because it's like, well, now it's ending. Or was it issue five issues. I read? Whatever the last one was I read. <laughs> That's it was six, I, right? Was, yeah, I think it was I don't six. Know if, I don't remember if we read six or not. I think, I think we read six. I think we, we, we talked about six. Okay. Well, then if, if that's the case, I might read seven because it's just, well, there's only one more. You know, it's not that much at that point. Mm. But. Yeah. yeah. So. Don't be too disappointed. Honestly, it, it does kind of sound like it might just be a case of they're, they're rejuggling the book either into a new title or 
maybe this event's going to have her like you know take over as wonder woman or something um yeah i just checked i definitely read six i'm assuming yeah. they all did so yeah. uh yeah if there's only one issue left i might just read it or maybe they'll do like some sort of plural thing they'll do wonder woman and it'll be i never struggle with pete's accent but that, that that one word or two words they just sound the same from him so i had to like every time i stop and think about what, what did you say I mean, Matt, do you do you get confused between the words "wonder" and "woman" for me? No, no, That's not it. those words. Woman and women. No, I know. I was cracking a joke. I know. I'm making it clear for the audience. Yes. Um. No, I just feel like with everything that happened with Diana, and the, uh, you know, how that started and how it ended and how it ended kind of messy, feels like they shifted gears to maybe Yara was supposed to take over, and then. It, it would now feel they're shifting for it to do now that Diana's just got back to kind of go, right. all right, and she's gone again now. It's Yara. Yeah, that's why I just think that they're going to kind of sweep Yara under. Maybe there'll be a Wonder Girls book, like we're doing with Batgirls, but look how long it took us to get a Batgirls book. Um, I wouldn't be opposed know. to a Wonder Girls book, though. You, either would I. I've, I've always wanted a second Wonder Woman book. Um, and while this wouldn't be Diana, this is sure, this is better than a backup, you know. Um, but yeah, it just it, it, Wonder Girl felt rudderless, and it definitely felt like this was just the holdover from 5G that they tried to make work, and it just really wasn't. You know, it's kind of, and it's kind of on um, the, the writer artist and Gerald Jones. Well, once she starts missing art duties, that's where you can kind of feel things are maybe going a little sideways. Well, the, the sad part yeah. of that is, is that she's a great artist, writer yeah. though. Like I feel like at this point there's enough evidence to suggest that she's not that great at plotting out stories. Yeah, I agree. I think I yeah. think she's a great artist. I think all of the other artists who have joined her on that book have done a phenomenal job yeah. of emulating her style. That is yeah. borderline seamless. Don't want to, because obviously we say how oh, the book kind of went off the rails when she stopped doing art. I don't think that's the cause of it. I think that's just a. No. It, it's a neat parallel, but it, I don't think there's a you know. It seemed to me like correlation. Plotting it seemed to take a lot more energy, right? Then yeah, I, I think it. she's just not an amazing yeah, writer, and that's okay. Her skills clearly lie in art, and she's right, not every right. I mean, we all see how Tom King draws, so yeah. You know. I saw some of Ramby's art last did, week. Did, did uh, I just say uh, Tom King's him. art was better than Cheryl Jones? What? No, no but he's talking about how some people just good, he thinks Tom King's a great writer but a terrible artist, right? Opposed, and. Joel Jones is clearly a great mm. artist, but maybe not such a great writer. I don't know. I, he's he's a yeah. uh, he's king signaling. Uh, he's. <laughs> I haven't seen Tom Taylor's art, so I can't say, you know. So I I have seen King's art, and he always puts "I'm sorry," so he knows. He's a uh, yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor's art is a uh, Schrodinger's art, and uh, it may be amazing, but right, we've right. never seen it, so we we don't know for sure. Wait. Would you rather have a Tom King book, okay, drawn by him too, or Tom King working with J.R.J.R.? Honestly, just the Tom, <laughs> Tom King did it himself is, would be more funny. So that's my answer. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I mean, it'd be fun for one issue. I, I don't know if I'd like, you know, it would be funny the second issue, but the, for that one issue, it'd be hilarious. I think you do that in just like one of those big anthology 
Yeah. Yeah. specials. You just mm. let yeah. let Tom King write and draw a whole one. Just not not a whole issue, like a whole like story, like yeah. a ten page story. Uh, I will uh, never forget him defacing the the Elmer Fudd special with the bat smile, <laughs> where he was just trying to smiley face on the shadow of Batman. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. Just some news. That, Deli- that was news. Cheery, delightful news. All around today. Uh. So cool. Well, in that case, I think we will actually maybe talk about a comic book or four. <laughs> Precisely four. Mm-hmm. Five if you count my Patreon book. That's a bit of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> You're on about three, so shut up. I, I am looking forward to pretending to listen to you while snapping uh, when we get to Urban Legends. It's fine. And I, I never listen to a word you say anyway. <sighs> so, yes, Detective Comics 1048, Mariko Tamaki writing with Ivan Reese on the art, second part of uh, The Tower. And we're, you know, we're using this format where we can kind of jump around and this one doesn't jump around too much. Uh, we mm-hmm. get obviously a flashback to, uh, this, this, this throws a wrench into some theories about the backup from last issue about who yep. the kid might be. We thought, oh, maybe it's, um, you know, this, this wear fellow. Uh, but it's, uh, of course not, because uh, we get his no, actual... No, we get very similar. Well, no, well, that wasn't our theory last issue. That was one no, of the it theories. Was a, it was, it was, uh, what's his name, Nero. We thought maybe. Yeah, we thought it was Nero. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. The red hair, well, but um, well, so maybe that's still right. But regardless, uh, we get a flashback uh, where, to Kid Ware. Ware's origin's not that much different than the Nero's, so that might be important later. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. They may relate to each other and mm-hmm. bond mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, so we get a little bit of that. Uh, but then the rest of the issue takes place uh, on I think it was day twelve, and yep. it's. Uh, Kate infiltrating in a job interview and try to get yeah. close to uh, where and just some of the, some of the planning going on. It reveals that they've got a new base in the sewer system near near the tower uh, mm-hmm. that's that's close by. So yeah, I, I think this is a, a smart. Obviously, it doesn't really answer kind of the cliffhangers from the end of issue one. Uh, well, you know what I mean, part one. Uh, and I think that's okay. I think it makes sense to me that that's kind of your tease for the, the big tension and the, the, the diehard part of the story, but then we go back and really set up some of more of the context for it. Uh, I think from a pacing perspective, and again, it works better because it's weekly, but if I'm thinking of this as a movie, like, mm-hmm. this feels right to cut back and, like, sort of set this stuff up here. It does, and it makes me assume as well at this point that we're going to move quite significantly past that point next month, or at mm-hmm. least in general, I think most of this, you know, this month, so, you know, this issue, obviously next issue will be kind of before the events of day, was it like 27? Something like that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 1050 being you know, the, the oversized issue. And because this part is officially called Shadows of the Bat. So it has its own name for this part. So I think it'll kind of, that'll deal with that and move past that. And then February's issues will be kind of have its own, you know, like, okay, this is what we're building to that month. Yeah. Uh, so we get the idea that uh, Ware's mother was psychotic and yep. lashed out violently, and ultimately it happened a couple of times, so that's why uh, he was kind of given to the system instead. Um, and we see that he... Oh, it's actually later on, I think, we see that he runs away with the, the, the lady's... To the end. 
card, yeah. yeah. And he's like... Get some pizza with his mate. Yeah, and he calls it Za, which means that I officially hate his guts and want him to die a violent death, quite yeah. frankly. It really shows he's a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, he already did die a violent death. Uh, so we think. Yeah, well, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. Um, all, all I'm saying is you either die a hero or live long enough to say the words are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this when did that become a thing? Like, <sighs> why is that a thing? Because people are terrible? I don't know. Yes. I, I, I don't know why, but somehow, some way, I'm going to prove it's Zack Snyder's fault. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we get to day 12, and... Do you know what I liked about this is because it's a comic book and you don't recognize actors, you don't necessarily know for sure when it's someone if they don't have their costume on, right? So there's right. sort of a minute where like, obviously the red hair's there, but it's like, oh, okay, this, this, maybe this is a new character he's interviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, you know, it's like on the next page, you, you get the little earpiece and it's like Oracle's talking to her and it's like, ah, it's Kate, she's infiltrating. <laughs> this is yeah. all, all a ruse. Uh, so They're most- putting a lot of resources into Arkham Tower. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. we know from later on that they've got multiple people who have infiltrated. Right. Uh, Kate's infiltrating as a, a potential doctor, and she gets a tour. I mean, that's basically the the, the main story of this yep. issue, is she's getting a tour around the building and being shown the, the, yeah. the yeah. ward and all the rest of it. Yeah, and we see these, these you know, like Anna Volzhin pops back up. Um, Freezes down another there. One. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the basement. That, that's one of the the key mm-hmm. things is that for for whatever reason that became the the, the most secure ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're all roaming around freely, and Mister Freeze. The only thing Mister Freeze gets and heated not the right word here for multiple reasons. Uh, but the only thing he gets kind of heated about is that they're keeping him from his tea. <laughs> he wants to go have some tea. It was a nice coffee, wasn't it? Oh, iced coffee. Sorry, yes, I I got the beverage slightly wrong. Forgive me. Matt will not forgive you for that. No, because they're not the same. And I didn't need more coffee now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. I think what I really liked about this, as they're, they're talking about, uh, like, Mr. Freeze's past, and, like, oh, he's trying to destroy the city multiple times. There's a great full page spread there. But I love the inserts of panels with, like, villainous Freeze, like, in between, like, this really docile, like, friendly, like, Mr. Freeze, who's, like, mm-hmm. you know, just smelling at them. Like, you've got that one pal where he's, like, he's like, gritting his teeth and he's, like, all angry and evil looking. But it's like right in between these, just like pleasant, and it's this idea, like how surreal and creepy this might, this must be. Like, it's it's funny. Like, y'all, I, I maybe I compared part of it to the Shining last time, but there is almost like a Shining vibe to this. You definitely did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because of the elevator stuff. I think this is a different part of the Shining. It's making me think of though. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is making me think of like Jack running into the ghosts and stuff, and obviously he's not a ghost in this case, but. The same kind right. of vibe where he's being friendly, but he's actually this violent character who's got this dark past who may snap at any time. Right. Uh, or is he cured? I'm going to go out and I'm here and say probably not. I, don't, I, I might agree with that, yeah. So probably not. Um, interestingly here, because so the interest of character here, they never actually say who she is exactly, uh, but we see what looks like Harley, and, and mm-hmm. she's on the cover as well. Uh, that's the cover of the issue. Uh, but we see like a Harley Quinn inside like a padded cell, and she's she's allowed to leave, but she insists on staying and sort Wait. of like playing out the role of like the crazy Harley Quinn. And he just says she thinks she's Harley Quinn, and immediately I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So who is it then? 
<laughs> I, d- I don't think it's anyone that matters necessarily. Well, I, I'm I don't thinking know. we're kind of getting the. I don't know. If we're gonna do like an imposter Harley. No, when I when I say who is it, I'm not saying that because I think it's someone we're going to recognize that's going to be revealed later. I, I don't mean that. If I don't, I don't really want it to be that. I, what it sounded like. I, I, when I say who is it, then I I just mean okay. So we're going to explore who this new character is that is that is now impersonating Harley Quinn. Like she, she will be a character of some kind in and of maybe, herself. Maybe yeah. honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if she's just there just for. The bit of like, oh look, look at some of the, the weirdos that we've got in here. Well, the, but it seems like she's more important though because you know they're about she blew up a food court, no injuries. It was quite the show. Um, and when she talks about it, you know, it cuts to her dialogue in that moment at the food court, and she just says, "I'm Harley Quinn. I'm two bananas and a bunny. Come and get me. I'm gonna kill all these guys and then three more." And it just seems like, why put that in there? You know, to I show. Think- you know, it says, oh, you know, oh, some of the patients seem like they want to be caught. Well, I, I and... think, I think the the main thing is you want to establish a few specific threats that are going to be running around the tower later on, right? So this is going to be one that we can recognize instantly. We're going to know there's a fake right. Harley Quinn running around who is dangerous, you know, because we can't just have Anna Volshin being the only psycho right. running around that there might be a danger to them. So yeah. I mean, even if we don't explore that much, this serves as like, okay. We're setting up at least a cast of a few. You know, Mr. Freeze, obviously, we'd know anyway, but like we established that he's here so that we can use him later in, in the, the, the general story. So that, I think that's part of it. Uh, they run into Anna Volshin and Batwoman kind of flashes back briefly as she goes to shake her hand uh, to the night mm-hmm. she caught her uh, back in the, the, the prelude issue. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, Kate has to make with an ACEs and sort of act interested in, in Dr. Ware to like get hired. Um, she, she she says that to Oracle because there's a great transition. I actually probably, probably my favorite thing about the whole issue, and part of it's because how much I love just like all these back characters working together. But it's the transition of her walking into the alley and like, going into the sewer, and the conversation's still going. But then she goes into the new base, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, we you know we got all that. Um, and the one bit of speculation I'd offer is suggest that not so much that it'll turn out to be someone important, but that it, we get more of who this person who is Harley. Is that I feel like Nightwing's line where he says, "Did you see her?" Right. Uh, might be a reference to her. Although, admittedly, Kate does say she didn't see her. So no, I, I'm I don't think it's a reference to that at all. I think because Nightwing's like, "Oh, did you see her?" He's, to me, felt clear they've got someone undercover as a patient. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, it was like, "Did it, you see her? Is she okay?" Sort of thing. And in case yeah. I didn't see her, yeah. And I'm I'm feeling that might be Huntress because that's the cliffhanger we left on, or yeah. so we thought last week. Um. But yeah, but maybe this Harley thing is meant to be a red herring, you know, because we know she's still running around and she's still a member of the Bat family. So, at this point, well, the, the twist is going to be that it is actually Harley, but she's pretending to be someone else, pretending to be Harley. Maybe. That would be fun, actually. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's very much, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. So, um, uh-huh. <laughs> but, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is Huntress. I don't know if I actually get that because that was the cliffhanger from last issue, though, because that, that cliffhanger is kind of unrelated in no, but any way to it, this. It's related in the sense we saw Huntress seemingly in patient outfit. Mm. Right. So, and, and this here, you know, we know that they've that Nightwing's asking about someone who is a patient. Right. My assumption was, okay, it's someone undercover. It makes sense to be Huntress after we saw And, and it's not just last issue. 
Right. And it's not this fake Harley because we know that she sees her. Yeah. 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 Someone else. So, yeah, that would have been my guess. Yeah. Uh, I I guess, I mean, maybe I'm just reading into the tone, but he sounds concerned, which is why maybe I was, I was thinking it's it's someone. He'd be concerned about anyone in the Bat family. Yeah. Well, if it was Babs, I'd get why he'd be like saying it like, did you see her? Like, she better be okay. So Babs is sat right there. Yeah, Babs is obviously. Yeah, obviously it's not Barbara. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, but Babs would be the one that makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, unless Dick gets really close to someone else in the <laughs> the very close yeah, future. I mean, we know where they're set up right now is kind of the mom and dad of the of the Bat family with Bruce gone. But I mean, traditionally Dick also has a history with Helena, so I don't know if that's still intact now. That's true. But, but I don't think that's where they're going. I mean, I didn't read it that way at all. I just because they're asking, "Oh, is there any word from Batman?" And you know, and, and he's like, "No, nothing." And Dick's like, "Oh, did you see her?" Like, it, it just to me, it sounded as a concern. It's like, "Oh, is she all right?" Like, you know. Yeah, I, 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 do you know what I think it's because of the way he's introduced. Because he comes out of shadows, so he says it from the, the shadow. It's it, it's almost mm-hmm. a very Batman entrance. The way he like asks a question from the shadows in the background. Right. Uh, yeah. Which for Dick is, I wouldn't say a character, but it's definitely more notable for Dick. Whereas Batman would do this every issue, and you wouldn't think twice of it. It's just Batman. I think that plays into you know, saying you know, them becoming like the parents. Oh, of the sure. Family. Yeah. He's kind of standing in as as Batman essentially. He's a he's a method actor, as we say. He's getting into the role. Hey, he's mm-hmm. done it before. He'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, and then we then it's after this we go back to the flashback and. Uh, young Dr. Weir uh, sneaking off with the, the credit card. And, yeah, we do, uh, uh, we'd also learn about the mysterious Dr. Ocean as well. Yeah. We which... do, yeah, we do hear about Dr. Ocean. Uh, who, who, who they do ask, I mean, Kate does ask about Dr. Ocean in the facility uh, when, he's, when she's talking. Brushed off. Yeah, he gets brushed off quite quickly. Like, uh, oh, so it's not Kate, it's, it's Chase who asks about because she yeah, wants to Chase see him. Asks, right? She wants to see him, that's right. But she gets brushed off and so I was like, oh, he, he's busy. So, do, so Dr. Ocean sounds like he's one of the, like, the head therapists or doctors who works there right that's what it sounds like mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like he's maybe even above where at least if not officially kind of seemingly might be the the, the real you know brains behind it I, yeah I don't know. yeah you know, I, I i this is the sort of issue i read and I, I i can almost i can sense like there's going to be a portion of people who think it's a dull issue because it's not action or anything to me this was the perfect like slow burn like setting the the, the table that works at this part of the story for me like i, I was really into this mm-hmm. I no, just a... yeah i think it's a nice next chapter it uh, does help with the pacing with you know is weekly so you know when there's a little bit of a, like you said a slowdown or a lull yeah if you were waiting for a month for this issue you might right. feel a bit different mm-hmm. yeah. that was fine i want to know what's going up with with where and you know because everything's on the up and up especially here now I actually really appreciate that during most of the stuff at the start, it's it's just trying to make you feel really sympathetic. It's like, oh, maybe he is doing this for the right reasons. He saw what happened. To oh him yeah, but then the end. ending points of kind of the flip of that, where oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, no, you know, screw them all. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, the end of the, yeah, the end of the flashback is basically him saying to his friend, like, I I hate mentally ill people. That's basically yeah. what he says. Yeah, so. he, he he says you know fixing what's wrong with people like like his mum's a waste of time. Uh, and it's like okay. It, by the end of the issue, it's a completely you know flipped perspective on what you thought it was going to be doing. Which, which, which does beg the question: is what is he up to then? <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. 
Uh, and then we had the backup, of course, as well. Uh, continuing this, uh, this kid who's been, you know, left without parents because of the Joker. Uh, this issue focuses more on Bruce, though, and it's him sort of, like, coming back bloody and bruised and Alfred's, you know, looking after him, complaining that he's not going to the hospital. He has to stitch him up while he's sitting on the computer. Complaining that he's not even going to bed. Yeah. Yep. Do, do you know what my favourite thing in the art of this? This little, this backup, right? Uh, it's a simple, it's such a simple little thing. But see when it, it cuts to uh, where the kid is now uh, at Arkham, and we actually mm-hmm. find out like a little bit later it's actually Harleen Quinzel he's talking to uh, mm-hmm. before she becomes Harley, uh, which makes sense given the time period. But that first panel, like the way she's just kind of cut off at the top of the panel, just to give you the sense that it's his POV and he's looking down so he's not seeing her completely, is just perfect. Like, yeah. I, I got it. I got exactly why it looked out, you know, not framed properly. And it just worked. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, genius. <laughs> Sometimes the simple tricks just work the best. Uh, so. And then the, the next panel is clearly from Harleen's point of view, because it is yeah. from a higher just... angle looking down. Not like, not significantly, obviously, they're both still sat right. down, but it's still framed just slightly looking downwards. At... Yeah, no, it's just, it's just really well paced. And, uh, you know, it, it teases the clay when he goes to the bathroom, like there's clay all on the floor. Bruce is here because right. and Bruce is here specifically to see the kid because he's he's looking for right. him. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but I, I love that they have Clayface cleaning, but as he cleans, he's just he's, making he's, a he's bigger mopping mess. Up, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, that's the question: Is he mopping in general, or is he mopping after himself? Like, is he walking right. backwards with the mop all the time? Right. So, but I, I do like this. Uh, I've never seen as creepy as double mouth Clayface. Right. Like mm. there's the the monster mouth talks at the same time as the mouth inside. Yeah, and it's it's very unsettling, and especially looking at the kid's perspective, it makes it that much scarier. Looking Even though, as we know here, like Clayface is just kind of you know, he's he's scary looking, but there's a there's a kind heart in there somewhere. Even going from like obviously we know that from the yeah. last few years of Clayface is now kind of a good guy, but. Even this, he doesn't know. He's like he says, "Yeah, I wasn't gonna hurt him. He was yeah, yeah, kind of he, nice. He's very sympathetic. Yeah. He's he's actually sitting and just sort of like hanging out with the kid. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's he, letting him like mold things. He's making, he's making little triceratops. Uh, the, yeah, you know, yeah. like dinosaurs. And he's yeah, and he's come down to his level. And Bruce, you know, yeah, Bruce and the orderlies kind of react aversely. Like, oh, you're near the child. You're being dangerous. He's like, no, I was just hanging out with the kid. He's fine. Uh, so you, you actually get really sympathetic, and Bruce comes off as a little bit of a dick <laughs> in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, there is kind of a nice touch here where the kid's scared of him at first because they mentioned that he's wet himself. But right. th- this contrast that he's very quickly like become friends with Clayface when everything else when he's, he's seen with Harley was kind of pointing out, and this was brought up last part as mm-hmm. well, this idea that he... Kinda doesn't see a difference between Batman and Joker. He thinks Batman's just as scary and crazy as the Joker. Uh, that's kind of what he he's getting at earlier because he, th- he calls them just two mm-hmm. costumed, like freaks or two costumed. And he says that he doesn't know. Yeah, you know, because he describes. And I was like, no one else is there except Batman. Wait, she's like, wait, do you mean Batman? Is that, is that who you're terrified of? Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes and how it might or might not well, like tie into. The, the fact that Bruce takes it away, it's it's called the Martha Wayne orphanage, but yeah, it's Mar Guns, right? That's that's Mar Gun. Wait, what? Not necessarily. It looks like Mar Gun. That's the last page, top oh. right panel. 
Uh, oh yeah, I suppose it does kind of look like my gun. I mean, maybe I'm way wrong, but I, immediately I was like, oh, that's my gun. I mean, and this, I, I mean, assume yeah. that's what this was. But that, that, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be, but like I always thought that was like on, like near Crime Alley, that, uh. I mean, they could have changed that slightly. They could, could have done. I mean, I'll be honest, I never, I never clocked that that was, because like, she's, she's quite small in the pile, so I never really even give it much thought. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it could be my it, it just it, it looked exactly like Margon to me. That that was my immediate thought. That Until you guys have both gone, is it? that I, I didn't even doubt that it was until then. It was like, just... I, I thought it was like a certainty, and now I'm questioning myself. Because I don't think Margon was at the Martha Wayne orphanage, was she? No, she had a Why am I just learning yeah. who Margon is? Margon is... It's from Jason Todd's, like, uh, like, origin... Okay. Yeah, she, she ran the, the, the home that, uh, Jason was kind of sent to, and she ha had a front that Bruce and Batman thought was, oh, it's this nice little place, it's this little, like, she's, you know, she's helping mm -hmm. the kids, and she was actually running a crime ring and turning <laughs> yeah. hard criminals. Gotcha. And it, she's been a thing in, in the, you know, in other areas as well, like, you know, she's come up a few times, <laughs> and... Yeah, my confusion was just why are you bringing up my gun, whereas Matt's like, who the hell's Matt gun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, yeah, I'm bringing up my gun because my gun's on the panel. Uh, but Billy's mum, uh, Matt. Billy gun? Yeah. yeah. So she's the grandmother of the ass boys? Yes. She's she's the ass grand lady. Right. <sighs> <laughs> no, Connor's confused. Uh, I mean, the sad part of the end here is the Batman's like, uh, uh, you know, like, it's Bruce talking working. to him, really. But he says that uh, you'll be safe there, I promise. And he's like ominously like watching from, <laughs> from the rooftop. And, and this is more why I assumed it was Margun's, because nah. it's, it's that ironic of, like, oh, you'll be safe there, where clearly, because, you know, it's the same way when he dropped Jason off. Oh, you'll, you'll be safe I mean, here. this still doesn't answer the question I was posing, which is how this is maybe, maybe or maybe not going to tie in to the main story. No, that, that's fair. Again, I'm still leaning towards it's, the, the nearer stuff, but now I'm I'm looking at this and going, oh, is this going to tie in with maybe some of Jason's origin stuff as well? And it almost it almost seems on... like the point they're making here is that the kid doesn't see the people in Arkham as monsters, but he sees Batman as a monster, and that you know, Batman and Joker are two sides of the same coin, you mm -hmm. know, and that goes with you know the whole point of Batman and theatrics and whatnot, just see the eyes of a kid and how these these quote monsters are capable of compassion in the right circumstances and maybe that'll play into whatever Ware's trying to do maybe you know also but. just on something interesting i've seen here i'm looking at you know the last page of it mm -hmm. you know the story's called house of gotham mm -hmm. however on the front page on on the cover it, it's got the backup titled as house of wayne and i wonder if it, oh. was there a, a weird disconnect there like maybe because it's, uh, uh, it's supposed to be house of gotham right also, but I don't know. It was, just, it was a weird. I I, I didn't clock it until right a second. I'm just like, yeah. oh, that was a weird oversight. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and then just yeah, that regular cover for ten uh, for one thousand fifties. It's, it's very similar to yeah. the cover we had last week, but it's just a nice kind of follow up to it. Uh, there is a Batman on the cover, seemingly, but. Doesn't look like Bruce. Though. It doesn't look like Bruce, and notably Barbara's not there. Uh, Is that mm -hmm. not? Uh, hang on. 
<laughs> You're like looking at them going, wait. <laughs> now you got Steph at the bottom there. You got you got Kate. You got Huntress. You got Cass. You got Nightwing kind of on the shoulder of uh, yeah. Batman there. Or you got Harley uh, at the bottom, or this fake Harley potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I will say about this art? And it's the same on this cover for this issue, which is also a very nice cover. Yeah. Is I do buy that it's not really her. Like, it looks like someone right. else playing Harley. It, right. It does right. look like that, which is kind of impressive, to be honest. Yeah. Just uh, while we're on this back cover, uh, mm-hmm. this is the uh, uh, Rodriguez cover, just for anyone looking at mm-hmm. these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cass's head looks like it's stuck on at a really strange angle, and I can't figure out how she's meant to be stood. Like, looks like she's twisting her head all the way round. Or something I don't mm-hmm. like it looks very unnatural, and I don't know if that's just me. Um, let me have a quick... yeah, because her shoulders are too far forward. It it looks like I'm look, it looks like I'm looking at the her the back of her left shoulder is what we're seeing, right. and then her head's turned all the way around, mm-hmm. yeah, like at a really strange angle. I think this is. I want to or say a really long neck. I want to say what's actually going on here is that what you think looks like the hood of a cape mm-hmm. or the cowl may actually be more of a shoulder, and what you think is a shoulder is actually more to do with Nightwing's shoulder potentially. <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm just kind of trying to make it work in my head. No, no, that's what I'm, saying. That's what I'm asking because I don't actually know, and you might be right. But I look at it, and my brain goes, "That looks wrong." It's, really it's the it's the one imperfection I'll give you. Also, no, it's not. I was going to say it looks like it looks like whoever's Batman here. Uh, it looks like he's got a little bit of a goatee going, but I think it's just the art style's got a bit of a stubble. I think it's, yeah. I yeah. also thought there was stubble going on, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. He also uh, looks like he's small. Yeah, like, it, it looks know, slimmer. Yeah. This is the yeah. thing. Like, I almost double checked night. What I thought was Nightwing. I was like, is that somehow secretly Babs, and it's actually Dick in the bat well, suit? Yeah. Because. He looks different. He looks like a skinnier guy in the bat suit, which mm-hmm. you know, Dick would be the obvious choice. But uh, um, I do wonder if so. This this cover, this may not be the case. This may just be just how this guy draws Batman, and that's fine, right? Yeah. But this cover makes me think that someone's putting on a bat suit at some point. That's not bat. It's not Bruce. Right. I would have said this, but again, something we do have to always take into consideration is it's just a cover. It could be meaningless. It could, it could be. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice cover, though. Like the one oddity of like Cassie's shoulder placement. Uh, I th- I think it's really annoying that she's so central, and that's where the mistake. Is. I say mistake, but it's where my brain sees a mistake. It's annoying that it is the central one because it kind of ruins a lot of the image for me because I always see it. Whereas if yeah. it was if it was one of the side characters that had that, then I could like you know I could look away from it quite easily. But yeah. Uh... Yeah, so some of the face work this uh, Irvin Rodriguez does though is pretty exceptional. It it does this thing where some of them are like so so realistic looking that it's not uncanny valley though. It's a it's a really pleasant realistic if that makes any sense. Like a, yeah. a good painting, I guess is what I'm saying. Like a good quality painting. Anyway, uh, yeah, that shit was really good. It's it's all a solid mm-hmm. chapter. Uh, Matt, what are you rating? Uh, each um, part. Uh, so I'll give the main story a seven and the backup a seven point five. Oh, a bit lower than last issue. Hmm. Yeah, Connor. I get the main story an 
8 and the back up a 7.5. Okay. Uh, I will also go with the straight, I think. Um, and then back up. Yeah, I think I'll agree with car scores to be here. Uh, for the record, when I'm noting these down, I'm just noting mm-hmm. down the main story scores because that's the one that uh, feels Roger. relevant. Relevant. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I do for Urban Legends, to be honest, when we get there, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, so <laughs> Take an average. Yeah. Uh, so, cool. There you go. That is Detective Comics. So next up, Batgirls issue two, Becky Clooney and Michael Conrad with Jorge Corona on the art. Uh, we set up a lot of plot beats last episode, a lot of plot threads, and this issue is kind of dancing around all of them. Uh, a, lot, a lot of plot. A lot of plot. Uh, so we got the I Batgirls staying in their new place. Uh, the cliffhanger last issue was this new team called, called the Saints, who kind of worship Simon Saint and want to keep the dream of the Magistrate alive. Uh, and the attack. So, so the start of the issue is a big fighting scene. I thought Simon Saint wasn't dead. Because then we have to talk about Waller using Saint's brain. Like, yeah. he'll be out. You know, he'll be making trouble again. But this issue makes it sound like Saint's done. Yeah, but I wonder if that's something that no one else knows. Because... Waller and Co. want it to be a secret. Right, but why would... But Why would they want the cover turn to be dead and not just in jail and right. keep him locked up like she does with everyone else in the Suicide Squad? Do they right. have to explain that he's still there or to explain what they're doing with him, I guess? I don't know. It's just Babs being so certain that he's dead and that he's been turned into a martyr just didn't track with everything else that we read in post-Fear State, you know? Um... So that was a big glaring weird thing, for me at least. Unless it's something we're forgetting, but I do remember Waller wanting to use him. That's yeah. what I thought too, and that's why I was like, did I miss something? Um, but yeah, now there's, there's there's a lot going on here, and I didn't talk about the first issue, because I wasn't here for that issue. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I thought it was fine, it's just, it's very frenetic, like, I know it's supposed to be Steph's uh, narration. Well no, it's not. No, it's, it's third not? person. That's the start. thing that we were confused about because it sounds okay. at points it sounds like it's Steph, right? But it's not. It's a third person. So I, even on this uh, on this first page, oh. uh, the third panel. I'm just glancing here, uh, right. you know, because oh, you know, it would be cool if they weren't targeting our Batgirls. So it's an independent yeah. narrator. This is a third yeah, person I like narration. I, I've and, been reading this as Steph. This is how closely I read each and, word. I think that's, that's like I I couldn't finish this issue. Okay, I, I got. So this is the one. I I got about five pages. In. I'm so disappointed because yeah. I obviously was very excited for this book, and my concerns with the first issue were it was overly wordy. The first, I don't know, five six pages of this issue, I couldn't, I could not get through. It was so, so dense, so bad, so just. Here's a, a description of every single one of these characters in this group, the the saints, and oh, it was terrible. I thought yeah. it was genuinely atrocious. But I just couldn't get through it. And I'm so disappointed. I don't know if it eases off that as the issue goes on, but oh man. Yeah, but the the problem is it seems like there's too much focus on too many different things versus, you know, like I feel like there's three different stories going on here, right? And none of them get the proper spotlight. So like you have the saints, you have the murderer, the ripper. Serial killer, yeah. And now you have the the tutor. 
and and the zombies and there's just there's a lot going on and i don't think that it's juggled particularly well at all uh, and then you have the problem with the narration where you know it just it feels off i feel babs characterization she's a little bit too motherly and i feel like she's a little bit too clueless on what these two are up to which i don't believe just from you know different characteristics of, of babs is she's a little bit closer to bruce in that watchful eye you know and i know they're going low tech and, and whatever all that stuff but i just feel like she would know that they have a big ass muscle car you know and they weren't using her bat vespas um, i almost wonder if that's an intentional thing where she does know and she keeps mentioning it because she knows they're yeah maybe up to no good but, yeah her characterization just feels off the other two with Cass and steph though feel right on with what i expect from them like even though sometimes Cass is a little bit too wordy i can buy that over time spending time with steph who is a motor mouth you know she she's you know more kin to come out of her yeah shell she, more. she she can you know not so speak she forever grow. she has to right, kind right, of gradually right. say but, more stuff but it's, i'm it's still like... used to her having that stilted kind of dialogue and this is measured and it feels right you know it just it takes some some time getting used to but those characters feel fine and i like the action sequences like the art set on but just all my issues that, that i talked about at the front they're just they're very overwhelming uh i mean i i agree the narration's a bit weird and we had that problem in the first issue as well mm-hmm. um and there is maybe a bit too much going on because uh, i i did like i actually kind of appreciated how it was bouncing between the serial killer stuff and uh the the saints stuff right i was kind of like okay this is like an interesting like two very different right. things to be you know playing off and you've also got the seer in the background which does actually you know as we see as the issue goes on ties into the uh the saint stuff because mm-hmm. this the seer is actually pretending to be simon saint to them because you know we see them talk right. we see them talking to simon saint as a hologram but then we actually see the seer is actually the one doing the talking and just it's coming out of the right. saint's voice so so they the seer is just manipulating them into doing some dirty mm-hmm. work to take on the Batgirls. Uh, so that, that sort of ties them nicely together and feels nice enough. Um, I appreciate that there's three of these villains because it means that when the Batgirls go to take them on, it's there's potential that Babs is going to get involved and right. it'll be three on three. So, you know, there's some nice touches there uh, in the setup. Uh, I definitely don't agree with... A lot of the words Connor used. <laughs> I did not yeah, get atrocious. I don't, I don't either. I did not get um, uh, painful to read. Uh, no. I would go as far as to say that I mostly quite enjoyed this. I I, I would say that uh, the characterization of Cass and Steph uh, goes a long way. Uh, I yeah. think the art is really good. Uh, I thought it was good the first issue. I think it's still really good this issue. Um, I like the the running gags that they seem to have. Mm-hmm. Stuff like Steph being convinced that the creepy neighbors, the, the serial killer, right. Uh, you know, little things like that, talking about the morning meetings and mm-hmm. like, wait, what do I, you know, because at one point Oracle calls them both Batgirl in the space right. of like 30 seconds and goes, wait a we minute. We need handles. We, yeah, we yeah. need new handles because you, you know, we're all Batgirls. We can't just call can't, each other Batgirl. Yeah, you can't have us both turning our head when you call out Batgirl on the comms. Yeah, so like, yeah. yeah, I I am nowhere near as down in this. I definitely no, like this. The, the, I like this the most out of the three of us for sure. Uh, yeah, well, I like the back half more because it seemed a little bit more concise. It seemed like there was a lot more that the the writing team had figured out 
just the saint stuff was very for how it left the first issue to where where it ended here just as a tease it was very like again i will agree with connor that, that some of that stuff was overly wordy you know as they each get an introduction like in an animated series you know so but yeah, the back half I definitely enjoyed more of the stuff that's going on with the zombies. I do, you know. I do agree. It's a bit wordy at the start as it's introducing mm-hmm. them, but I actually kind of appreciated that it did make a point of setting up how how each of the three of them are distinct. It's like okay, so yeah. one one's a sniper who strikes from afar. One's right. almost like an evil version of Cass because she's like right. a, a fighter who can like use your own weapons against you. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sort of the leader dude who's kind of big and tanky a, and whatever. Yeah, in a big mech kind of deal yeah uh yeah. and they've got all this stolen tech from his previous job at the magistrate so it's okay that's all, that's all fine yeah. um you know i i did what i think the moment where i felt maybe they're introducing <laughs> one too many things is when it went to the the news report and this you know the lady mentioned oh the tour art going up all over the city yeah. i was like wait another thing now to be fair once it actually ties into something that's going on it ties into the the you know the it was like the, the thieves or the, the construction workers they had to beat up last issue. It turns out to tie mm-hmm. into that. And that Tutor has some kind of weird mind control powers that is taking over people and they're like stealing shit and who knows what else. And that, that's kind of the big ending we, we, we leave on. Um, what, what I will say about this, and you, know, you could say it is over, too overstuffed, and it is to a point. But I also found it kind of refreshing in places just how much plot there was in this issue versus most modern comics. Like, I felt like there was, like, we went through, like, two or three days of plot and there was, like, you know, okay, we went out for a, a mission that night, we did this thing, we came back, um, so now now we're getting involved in something else. It, it felt like there was a lot of progression uh, in it. Yeah, there is, but it's just, again, it's, it's a lot, and I, I feel like, like, again, the same stuff I don't feel got enough of that spotlight because it had to they had to throw the tutor stuff in to make it work with the zombie stuff and you know i just wish it was a little bit more concise um and then you throw seer in and how to seer and the tutor we're balancing all that like it's just it's uh like uh, what's the analogy i'm looking for like the, the balance is is getting thrown off just slightly here you know but like again i enjoyed the back half more than the front half yeah, so. the cliffhanger at the end, of course, is when they hear Tutter basically, you know, mind-controlling a bunch of people. Uh, the cliffhanger is that Steph seems to be infected by it because she has red eyes. So uh, we're going to have Steph v. Cass uh, next issue. Yeah, because we saw that, that Steph never turned in her phone the way she was supposed to. Yes, yes. And that, that she was looking at it and Cass kind of caught her um, in in that moment. And then now they're out and the tutor strikes. And it seems like that power has something to do with, you know, going over the signals uh, there. So, but no, I will say the art is easily the strongest point in this book. You know, um, I, I love how stylish, like this area of Gotham called the Hill looks like just with the way that the colorist does things too. Yeah. And I, I like love that we've vivid. got a- and I still love that there's this their own little corner of the city mm-hmm. uh, that they're kind yeah. of patrolling now. I'm kind of into that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I mean, it's, it's not perfect. There's, there's some rough edges. Yeah. Uh, but I still quite like the issue. I, I had a lot of fun reading this, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, you know, Connor's blanket negativity is... Uh... Yeah. He, he talked on, on 
Twitter about maybe he was too tired. And I, 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 yeah, because I, I read it quite late yeah. last night after I, I'd been trying to do a job application. I had a headache, and I was like, "I'll mm. I'll read to, some of my comics to you know give me a myself break." And I thought maybe maybe I'm just in the you know the wrong wrong frame of mind. You know, oh. tired. But finally, try to get that job and synchronize swimming you've been hoping for. Uh, yeah, I, I think the arm shot my chance to that. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Um, if you'd asked me a few years ago, I'd have been right up there for it. Uh, so I did I did give the the issue another try today, though, yeah. thinking. Maybe I'll just have it. I'll come into a fresh and yeah. I got about the same bit. I, I, I just, it's every single one of these characters at the start getting, here's a breakdown of their history and who they are from, from Oracle, all these, you know, green bubbles. And it was just, oh, I just couldn't read it. I just, I just like, I give up. I mean, I, I mean, I agree. It was a bit too words at the start and there's still the narration problem. And there is maybe too many plate spying. Although I kind of also appreciate that there is a lot of things. If like their corner of this the city feels very alive because there's so much going on, it's kind of it's an interesting and thing I, I to can't have. Even critique that specifically because I don't think that was really a problem in the first issue, yeah. and I didn't get enough into this issue for that to be a problem for me. But just the actual writing of it was just un- un- I'm so disappointed. I really wanted to love this book. And how there was you know a- I did. There was even a page in here where they have to, because uh, basically Babs has like come up with new like comm systems for them that like, are disguised as earrings, and Cass is like, "Wait, I I don't have pierced ears," and which makes sense because why would Cass have pierced ears? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Steph's like, "Ah, sorry, I've done this to myself before. Uh, I I can pierce your ears," and uh, it's just there's like, this little bit where Cass might be a little scared of this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's not letting the show. So there's a good little character piece in there. I, uh, I had a decent time uh, with Batgirls uh, thus far, anyway. Um, but hey, uh, Matt, what are you giving Batgirls? Issue two. I'm gonna give it six point five. Ooh. Ooh, you did not like this issue that much, did you? Yeah, it was fine. Below a seven, though. Yeah. Well, I, I detected a seven, so I couldn't. I he couldn't... he knows I'm keeping track, so he's he's starting yeah. to. Cookies books a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely liked it more than that. I... I'll give it a seven point five. I, I was tempted to go the eight, but I'll, I'll be a, I'll be reserved because it has a it has some rough edges. So I'll say seven point five. I had a good time though. Uh, so there you go. That's Batgirls issue two. Robin and Batman issue three. Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. And Dustin win on the art. Yep. Final issue. Final issue. Yeah. And it is Croc making his move because we've we been wondering what he's doing. We ended the last yep. issue with him looking at the school. So, so clearly he's, he's going to do something there. Uh, Dick's getting a little bit more violent. He's getting, you know, he's, he's sort of, the darkness has taken a hold of him and yep. he's, he's kind of becoming, I guess, what he thinks Batman wants him to be. He's uh, becoming more Batman. Yeah, right. in many ways. Um, so he's, he's beating up a thug in the sewers. They're looking for Croc. Uh, Batman has to sort of like pull him back when he's going a little too far, uh, which leads to the next day where Alfred's like washing the blood off of his clothes. And this is actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole issue because Alfred's like, basically, so... so Dick says, oh, I'm going to skip school today because we, you know, we've got important detective work to do, blah, 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 with Croc. And Alfred says, no, I think you should definitely go to school. Isn't that right, Master Bruce? And 
Bruce does not give him the answer that Alfred was looking for. He says, nah, the skill's not important. Yeah, you should stay home and do do Robin work. More important than anything they're teaching him at that yeah. school. Yeah. And Bruce does fight with them for a couple of like, lines. You know, he says, no, he's not normal, Alfred. He's special. And then Alfred throws the shirt in his face and says he can be special after school. Uh, and sort of like puts him in his place. And then I love that Bruce just turns to Dick and goes, get ready for school. Like He's like, Nope, Alfred won that fight. Turns on a old rank. Yeah. Uh, Alfred turned into the father figure, like Bruce's father figure specifically, uh, in this moment. Uh, so it was just a really sweet scene. It, it kind of gets them in a way that, you know. Alfred has been fantastic in this, this book. Yes, it was really, really good. Uh, Dick tells some kid to piss off when he tries to ask him to play D&D. Uh, That's such a heartbreaking scene because they are reaching out to him mm-hmm. and they want to be his friend, but he is so shut in right to this mindset that he turns them down. I was like, Oh man, I, I just I also play think, D&D. Like, the kid is a bit pushy. No, Jake's yeah. Like, nah. he goes, nah, thanks, but I, I can't. And, 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 yeah. and, you know, um, so by the time Dick's going, no, by the end, you're like, really, really stern and like, you're firm and like, no, I'm not interested. And it's you meant to feel bad for this other kid. I'm like you did keep pushing him. He said no. No, but I, I get it. They can't push him. They all, can feel. All, all he Do did be... was offer. Oh well, if today's the problem, because he says we play on Wednesday. Right. I mean, if today's the problem, we could move. Like that's literally well, all he says. Where... That's not being pushy. Yeah, no. They're trying to accommodate <laughs> oh, to... him because they could tell. They could tell that he needs friends. You know, and they're trying to invite them into the family. I don't know. I've, and... I've, I've, I've told us. Like, oh, you say no. You, you polite. You, you make. You know, no, no, no. I'm good. Oh well, it's like no. Just I said no. Cut down. Just but but I can also read it as that that Dick has he's so emo right now, right? He's so wrapped up in his own. That that's not how he answered. Yeah. It was just, you know, the no, no thanks. And then he just got irritated because but, uh, point, he knows what they're trying to do. The, the phrasing, though, is important here. Because he didn't yeah. say no, he said, I can't. So right. the response, well, if it's the day that's the problem, like, that's a perfectly valid response to I can't, because mm-hmm. that makes it sound like there's a reason why he just can't do it. Right. Well, he didn't say I can't on Wednesdays. He just said, no, I can't. Right. So the kid's trying to... He doesn't to... have to. He's just said it's yeah. on Wednesdays, and then he responds with, I can't. And... <laughs> and it's not from out of anywhere. He noticed the drawing of Killer Croc that he thought was a dragon for D and D. You know, uh, so he's thinking this is a kid that's also into the same stuff. And you know, um, but yeah, no, I just thought this scene was heartbreaking in the best way. Like, this is where Lemire knows how to play me like a fiddle. Oh yeah. So, uh, so Croc comes over the the school intercom. Uh, he's got the principal by the the throat. It says, "Little Robin." You know, show yourself, or I'm going to start breaking people, starting with this guy. Uh, there, I've had school principals when I was in school that if this had happened, Robin definitely would have waited a little. <laughs> I, I, I think the real threat is Krog goes, well, I'll tell everyone what your real name is. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, I just thought that was funny. Like, the principal that, you know, pop culture is like, oh, no one likes the principal, right? So just the idea of the kids, like, waiting to see if Robin's going to show up and seeing how far it's going to take. I thought that was funny. Mm. Yeah, uh, so he makes everyone get out by uh, basically pretending there's a bomb somewhere so they all flee. Uh, and he, he puts like, a scarf over his face yeah. to hide his identity when uh, he goes to see Croc uh, and tries to fight him. Batman comes in. Batman, clearly Batman's heard what's going on quick mm. enough. He comes smashing in the window, uh, but Croc gets the better of him and 
leaves with him. Uh, so he's kidnapped Batman, and Dick goes home. Alfred's not prepared for all this, and Dick's like, no, I need to go and save him. I need to be his partner. Um, I can't fail him. I can't lose him too, not like them, you know, talking about his parents. So there's, there's, and, and, and to be fair, it's not even just like he's making that connection. Croc is, especially in the following scenes, is directly saying, I'm going to make you lose him just like you lost your parents. Uh, he's he's all out for the the poetic repetition, if you will. Um, yeah. So, Alfred says, you have to do this alone, and Dick's like, you know, he works alone, so can I. He's like, well, no, he doesn't work alone, he found you. Like, right. and kind of, you know, p- makes this point clear. Uh, so yeah, we have the big showdown at Haley's Circus. What's left of it? Uh, with Dick and out in caution. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how much I love, you know, the backstory in this book with Croc yeah. being so tied to, to Haley's Circus in this way. I, I don't mind that. I don't like his motivation that, you know, that Dick got to be happy there and he was miserable. And I really thought this was going to be like an outcast reaching out until he started cracking the principle. Like, yeah. Um, so, you know, Lemire swerved me there. However, I, I do like how Robin comes across here, you mm-hmm. know, and, and finds who he really is through this. But yeah, this was like a hard left turn uh, with what I was expecting Croc to do, just because it was so like, up through the first two issues, we didn't know how Croc was going to respond to seeing Robin, you know, because uh, he was almost a sympathetic figure, like him in that in that tank, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, I, you know, obviously it's not in continuity; it's its own thing. So I, I don't necessarily mind it being tied to Taylor Circus. I I would say that his motivation that he just wants to kill Robin and like make him suffer is is a bit simpler than maybe I was expecting. You know, based on the it build just up. feels a little bit. Oh, I didn't like your parents because they were the star attraction, and you were part. You were part of this happy family, and even though you suffered, and you, you know, you 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 were clearly in pain when they died. I want you to suffer more because I was treated like yeah. shit. Even though it doesn't seem like Dick ever treated him particularly. No, well. it didn't treat him particularly well. I don't think. It it's almost Snape syndrome from Potter that I hated your father so much. I'm going to take everything out on you. It kind of is, and right. Yeah. I don't love it. Like I say, yeah. I would hate this more if this was in continuity. As yeah. it is, I'm just like, eh, okay. Right, again, it just it feels like a hard lift turn. If we had gotten a little bit more of this backstory with everybody ignoring Croc and only caring about the Flying Graysons and him having that sense of jealousy, like, festering as he, you know, as everybody walked past the fish boy, you know, I could get it, but this, again, just seemed like a, well, Croc's got to be a villain now. And, yeah. And we took it. You know, and, and again, that's fine because what, what you know, what Dick learns about himself in saving Bruce, I really do like. Again, also it's another Potter thing where where he goes and, and sees, you know, uh, it's very very Potter. Uh, where he sees what? Where where he goes under the water and and he's about to give oh, up and then he sees okay, the people sure. in the void, yeah. right? I can see um, that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, little, little, that's, that's, that's start bringing up trash okay I think that we can move on from no we're, we're... again we already talked about Avatar Pete we're, we're talking about Potter <laughs> Avatar is better than every Harry Potter movie I'm just putting uh, that out there I think so uh, it's definitely not better than uh, Prisoner of Azkaban not a chance not, not a chance that is the shining jewel of those movies it is maybe better than Goblet of Fire maybe yeah maybe <laughs> 
Maybe, yeah. Certainly uh, more cohesive than Goblet. Sparrow well, the new Star Wars less movies as well. Just, I'll I'll, while, while, while I'm on the subject, Sparrow than all the recent Star Wars movies too. Anyways, Robin and Batman. Oh, and Lord of the Rings. That's another thing Avatar's better than. Uh, so <laughs> this issue's better than Avatar. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, better than Avatar is such a low bar. It's like it's the most <laughs> fine movie in the last like twenty years. Yeah, it's I know. Fine. I don't. It's, it's just fine. Right. Anyways, let's well, get to going. Well, what else was cut deep? Avatar is better than Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hey now, see them fighting words. You you think this is cutting deep, but because I know how mediocre Avatar is, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. I'm very <laughs> secure in that assertion. I disagree that Avatar is mediocre, but you know that's that's fine. You can be wrong about things. Uh, that, that's just fine, and you can be wrong thinking Scott Pilgrim's not just the uh, hipster trash. Uh, so <laughs> now we've been over this. You don't understand what a hipster is, Pete. <laughs> That's not hipster. Now Gordon Gideon Graves, maybe King of Hipsters. Scott Pilgrim, as a as a concept, is not. Anyways, Robin and Batman. Hipster, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so yes, uh, Batman says some really nice words as he's hanging upside down. You know, he's he's been dangled above a tank that's been filled with water. Uh, that will drown him if uh, Dick can't like get him out of the chains and that mm-hmm. stuff quick enough. But he has to fight Croc. Croc shows up and we get some um, fighting. And sure enough, Dick is able to, after his moment, of course, where he almost dies and kind of catches a glimpse mm-hmm. of his parents in the water. And, uh, you know, they, they, they say, you know, open your eyes, uh, Robin. And wants to play to his strengths and go in the air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because obviously this, he talks a lot about darkness in this issue in his in his yeah. narration, and the idea of being he doesn't have to be the darkness; he can be the light, uh, and kind of be something else. And there's some really nice sequences here as he's like jumping and flying and kicking him in the face and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And sure enough, he knocks him out, and he's able to cut Batman down. And there's a really nice couple of panels here: the full page spread of Batman hugging Dick yeah. uh, and saying he's a good boy. Uh, the idea that like, I, I know I've been a dick. Because that, that was like one of the things he said before the fight is like, mm-hmm. like no matter what I've said, no matter what I've done, you're good. Like, you mm-hmm. know, he, he kind of really emphasizes that point. Um, and this encourages Dick to invite the, the boys over for some Dungeons and Dragons, which uh, yeah. Alfred facilitates with some refreshments. Um, and it, it sets up that he's now going to be his own hero he's going to be the light he can be with batman but of course the last couple of pages also set up that he can have other things and we set up last issue of course that he's met the other teen titans and sure enough this is them forming effectively yeah you see even before you get to the group of them in the side of his notebook he's got teen titan logan's figured out he's got a he's nightwing yeah planning his nightwing logo Um, he has of course there's a part super s because what child doesn't Right, the the, um, but I also liked it earlier that he when he's deciding he needs to be more like Batman. He's like Robin. Robin's dumb. Robin's too bright. I need you know like Nightwing. That's a better name, and and he talks about how he'll have to use that later. So I also like that. Like that's just a part of him, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the the this story has been a really nice story about like early days robin and mm-hmm. 
like him i mean it's kind of an origin story it kind of obviously skips the origin origin part yeah. but it, it it's mostly an origin story and that it's like him really kind of discovering who he is as robin yeah and i think everything with alfred and the sort of the the clashing of parenting styles and mm-hmm. and in ways that there is like a nice bit of story here for bruce as well where he kind of has a bit of an arc as well between between the issues and ultimately accepting uh, that he needs to encourage Dick in a way that's this different, and it's 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 almost like, yeah, Batman defaulted to this really sort of tough love, like harsh. I'm training you as a Batman style attitude, but learned along the way that that's not going to work because that's not how Alfred treated him. You know, um, yeah, he had that compassion, and he can't. Bruce had to realize you can't make another you. Yeah. You're, and, you're the only Bruce Wayne, and, and you gotta let Dick Grayson be himself. And yeah, Bruce, because Bruce isn't the way Bruce is because someone else like pummeled right. it into him, right? Right? He's he's who he is because it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just the accepting that he has to encourage right. Dick in a different and, way. And you know, and you can see those those lessons through you know the Batman mythos when you know Dick teams up with Damien as Batman and Robin, you know, and that he's letting Damien be who Damien needs to be, you know. Um, and he's the more forceful of the characters. And, a sniveling little shit, I think you may say. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and you know, but Dick lets him do that. It's just you can't kill people, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he calls him Grayson constantly, and you know, he just lets him be, and it feels like here that started when when Bruce finally let him be Robin. But yeah, no, it was very good. I mean, sometimes I felt like Batman came off as. You know, as the GD Batman, like he's very stern. A little bit, and, yeah. You know, um, but I do like that it breaks at the end, and he, you know, yeah. he learns a lesson as well. I yeah. like the idea that that's more just that's how Dick sees him. That's what point. I was going to say. It's more just that he's yeah. this intimidating figure. He doesn't know him yet. Yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. Is that I think it is. This is just how Dick sees him because he is this imposing figure. Uh, not so much that if we were looking at, uh, you know, if, if we told this story from Bruce's perspective, he wouldn't probably feel that way. Yeah. 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 I think this is probably the weakest issue of the three for me. Um, but it sticks to the landing in making its point. I just yeah. think, you know, it, it's it's the least exciting of the three issues. I, I wasn't super keen on some of the croc stuff. But I, I do think it nails the, the ending of the thematic point of what the story is. And that's kind of the most important thing. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Croc's like ultimate goal is the only thing that feels a little off to me, just mm-hmm. because it feels a bit simpler. And I think that's just for the sake of time, because you 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 only have this issue to do it in, really, because because it was so just oh, we're teasing that he's he's recognised him, and then we're teasing that he's found where Robin is, but that we're not, we're not really get into the nitty gritty of why Croc's looking for him or what his mm-hmm. intentions are until this issue. Uh, but that atmosphere is still there. Uh, the the almost childlike, dreamlike quality that that Dustin Wynn kind of brings mm-hmm. to the table, and mm-hmm. why he's good for a story that focuses on a Robin and not necessarily a Batman story in and of itself. Yeah. Not, not that he's yeah. not done it in the past because he has, but yeah, just that that watercolor really lends itself to to Robin. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, so. Now. Uh, it's good stuff. All right, Matt, what are you giving Robin and Batman issue three? I'm giving it an eight. Connor? Yeah, I think I'll just about give it the eight. 
I think Wins Art pulls it up to the eight as opposed to just being the seven point five. Yeah. Um I, I think I'm happy to give it the eight as well. Um so there you go. That's Robin and Batman. Issue three. Uh and then the final new book of the week is Batman Urban Legends with many creators, which I'm sure you'll fill me yeah, in on. Yeah. Well, so I'll pull up the table of contents and uh we'll we'll go with this first uh story, which is Batman Zatanna Inbound to Our Will, part one of six. Oh man, I was really gonna try to make <laughs> Pete say the artist's name. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say on on the second story, uh, it's also a hard name, but I know I can do that. Off, I know what I, they're often credited as as well. So you, I could I could got you a nice easy out on that one. Yeah. This uh, very Eastern European looking one. Mm-mm, yeah. Nope, you're on oh, your own I on that one. This is uh, Vita Ayala is the the writer. And, yeah, case. Vita Ayala is the the writer, and Nicola. Hold on, I'm gonna look this up because this is a, a a mouthful of Eastern European. Sounds yeah. got a lot of um weird uh marks over letters that in accents my over about half the letters. Yeah, I you know we we messed with uh Sejic for a long time before we finally <laughs> uh finally got it. Let's see how to pronounce this is riveting for the audio people. Um, it is Pika Pika jumped in and, and offered an attempt. There's no. I'm written... not looking at it. I don't know what the name is. You could have gone on Comicsology. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. You know what? Fine. I'll go on to. Look. Oh, that's all. They're all listen ones. I need it written phonetically. phonetically. Yeah. It's it's uh, uh it's something. Pe- pe- okay. Pe- we'll talk about the story. So okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try. Yeah. Right. Nicolo Sismeja. The one that I just listened to, you're you're not far off. Sim Mazizia. If in doubt, just make a noise and sound confident. That's that's the that's rule. Right. Um, so you rarely sound confident when saying names. <laughs> I will say that the art is. I, I do like the art here. It's, it's very cartoony. Certain, yeah, it it's kind of it's very similar to the um to Corona for for Batgirls. Kind of um, blocky, lots of straight lines. Yeah. Um, but it starts here with a guy running, trying to hop a fence. Uh, can't make it over, so he hides in a dumpster. But, you know, the guy's chasing him. It seems like he stole some money. Uh, but he left a piece of his pants on the on the fence to try to lure them off and um, comes out of the dumpster after a while, thinks that he's in the clear, and someone with this dog shows up. Um, and we, you know, lifts him up out of the garbage can, uh, and just um, takes him. And yeah, I, and I don't know who this this uh, this woman is. With this, like a doctor, it's very Doctor Savannah esque, um, with the with the type of tunic they're wearing and glasses with a veil. Yeah, um, it's an interesting design. Yeah, uh, but we get to the Hall of Justice, and we get that Zatanna and Batman uh, are there. And the thing where every few years, the two of them disappear off together, and then when mm-hmm. they get back, they they can't look at each other. And it's right. a bit awkward. And uh, Clark's like, Clark, come Clark on, guys. questions Bruce on it, and it's kind of like, look, I know you guys are both adults, but just know, you know, um, don't let this compromise communication between the teams. Right. 
you know, and so basically it was the the shovel talk, you know. But we we cut to their past where a young Bruce and young Zatanna are doing some kind of ritual, but you can tell like they have like that young love infatuation with one another. Yeah, this um, is one of those things. I, I've always been open to this kind of mm-hmm. history between the two of them that some yeah. comics have played with, some haven't, obviously. But yeah. uh, you know, it's I think it's been a thing often enough now that people are kind of accept that it. They're not yeah. mad about it. And so, well, of course, if if Bruce is looking to, you know, get involved with magic, of course you're going to look for Zatara. And while he's there, he might hit it off with the younger yeah. daughter. Yeah, that was that was part of Tynan's tech run as well, right? I believe so. There was a there was a, like a two, two or three issue and, thing in that. Yeah, yeah, they did. But basically, they they did the spell together where they can share a mind, and it's basically like telepathy. They know what each other's thinking, but it causes almost the storm. Of... I, also, I realize the lettering effect of for the the thoughts they've got. Mm-hmm. This purple bubble, which is probably more of a satanic color than Bruce, but right. the idea that they both share the same bubble as well. It's not like a not like narration where characters have right. their different ones. There's no different fonts right. for different characters. It's just you no, know, they've got this one thing. So it's the you know the same. Right, and so it, it looks like it. This whatever comes out of the storm hits them, and it just shows through the uh, eras of them showing back up to try to contain this. And so you yeah. know we get we get what looks like a League of Shadows Bruce with the traditional kind of stage it. musician. Yeah, I want that story. I mean, give yeah. me give me that era, and then we get the more Justice Leaguey Blue Cowl Batman with the you know Mystic, if you will. Zatanna, yeah. and then more of the modern. She's in the top hat. Um, not so much fishnet. Bruce is in an oval, though, which tells us it's not yeah. super recent. No. Um, but just basically how they are bound to our will. Um, and, yeah, so they, they go off on this uh, together. And they're like, uh, oh, and you, got a, I've got a plan. Uh, and you can tell that Zatanna's just over being around Bruce. Just, you know. Like whatever it is, so it's a very awkward plane ride to wherever they're going, and they they keep stepping on each other's words, you know. And she gets mad that of course he goes first, and um, says that they have some work to do, um, and that you know we can't just keep doing this. And they show up, and it looks like a wasteland. Yeah, the serene force they went to is is younger, you know. We'll say older teens. Yeah, you know, what was once a nice forest, just yellow skies and nothing left of, you know, but like charred stumps. Yeah. And they talk about how they think the way to fix this is, your, you know, her new pie, they're going to sever the connection. But it's still there between them. Right. And that, you know, but you can kind of feel like Bruce doesn't necessarily agree with that because he, you feel like yeah. he does like that connection. It is a part of who they were. Um, and so they go and perform the ritual again, uh, this time in their modern attire. And it, it cuts back to the past. And it looks like they're they're heal, you know, they're they're sealing this rift and they're speaking in, in Latin. Um and it looks like they're successful until they're on the ground and this evil scientist lady shows back you up. You can tell from the jacket it's the same uh-huh. same person as the start. And you know, it says you've really made this too easy. I didn't need to tell you that no, no use in what ifs is there now. Uh, Bruce, of course, tries to cover Zatanna because, of course, it's Bruce. 
Uh, and it, it cuts to a bunch of different magic users. So you have Fate, you have Xanadu, you have Cersei, and you have Constantine all reacting to this similar majestic. It's the same color as that storm that, that, that they conjured. Pink. Yeah. And it looks like the whatever this was has has gotten to. Yeah, it seems to have spread. It's affected. Yeah, it's seemingly affecting all of the magic users. And I, I don't know what exactly it is. I don't know mm -hmm. what exactly it's doing to affect the others at the moment. Right. But it's right. interesting enough. And it is a, a pretty solid start to this story. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm always a sucker for Satana anyway. Right, right. I like Satana and Bruce stories in general. Mm -hmm. I think they mm -hmm. tend to be fun. And I think this is, again, just another, like a nice little fun, you know, it's six part. This is probably about the size of a regular issue, give or take. Give or take, yeah. And it uh, feels like this is going to be a solid, essentially a six part mini. That Right. And it's we, it's well paced throughout, too. Like yeah. a lot of the, a lot of time in between on that plane ride. You can tell there's been a lot of it in, in silence and and whatnot. But but yeah, no, I, I, I too love when Zatanna and Bruce team up and, it's just like when anytime Batman deals with magic because he's such, you know, the man of science, if you will. Yeah, but again, it's one of the things where he's never denied magic. He's he's scared of no. and wary of it because it's right. powerful, but it's right. like, it definitely exists. There's no right. No argument it creates, for Bruce. creates a good balance between them. And yeah. So and I'm really just, I love a good mini set in the magic mm -hmm. side of DCU. Yeah. We don't we don't get enough of them these days. No. So yeah, I'm I'm all for this. What is essentially a six-part mini in this book? Give, yeah. give me more. Pretty, pretty good. Are we rating these individually, Connor? Uh, sure. Why not? Um, give, give this. I'll give it like an eight. Yeah, well, me too. I don't like when we line up, but you know, I was I had that. For the record, uh, so, I will need an overall number for the whole book when you're done. Well, yeah, yeah, of course you will. There. <laughs> okay, so the next story is um, the White Witch. It's called Stigma by Ram B and Anand. Radhakarishan. Uh, yeah. On art. Often I've seen creators just Anand RK. Okay. And then with uh, John Pearson on colors and, and uh, Bidcare on letters as well. I only mention mm -hmm. that because this is the exact team of Blue and Green, uh, oh. which was the graphic novel that you know, this, this there you go. team did. So, no wonder um, you were so excited for this. Yeah, because this I, I love that book. That was a, a jazz horror book that I just yeah. loved. Um, so, you, you're telling me that exact team is all back together doing a. Yeah. A white witch story, well, and this this story is very ethereal. So I don't know how that if that book was ethereal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is very much that we get kind of the origin of white witch in, in a way, at least the white witch that we yeah, know. Yeah, because obviously we've seen there's all these white witch clones. We knew that from Kelm. Mm -hmm. This story is very uh, it's got a little bit Winter Soldier, a little bit of uh, like Bloodshot, I guess, kind of vibes to yeah, it, right? A, a little prestige. Yeah. There. Um. But yeah, so we so we find out she was. Uh, I'm gonna guess India or or Pakistan. I'm not too sure. I don't Knowing, want to use them. Uh, Ramdi's, Ram. yeah, yeah, heritage. I'm, I'm gonna go with India. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, she's part of a special forces group, and she's like super tough. Um, and that they had selected her for her special program, but it, it leads us up into this that uh, Saint puts her out on a mission. So how she she talks about how every time she wakes up. You know, she knows that they're speakers. She hears what her target is, uh, and then she gets ready. She knows what she has to do. And so she goes to this compound and just wreck shot. I mean, it's very Winter Soldier. Um, finds her target, takes them out, goes back. But as she's taking out this target, it, it gives her a memory. 
of her time before all this, and this is where we her origin that during a training exercise for the special, you know, you would say special forces program, she takes out the entire, you know, group. Yeah, there's just herself. like a bunch of them lying on the ground, terrified of her. I find out that her name is Cadet Cena, and it's Rhea Cena. Yeah. Um, and that basically she's so angry, and that she, you know, it was an honor for her to join this, but you know, she can't be recommended because she just wiped them all out. So they discharge her, and it leaves her in this, you know, uh, wandering state for a bit. And she runs into this guy named Koita, but everything's kind of a haze. That you're getting that these are kind of half memories, um, and it makes you question. I, I don't know how reliable these are. These, these are the, this right. is what she thinks is her past. The question is: Is this the past that they don't want her to remembering remember that she's remembering anyway, or is this a past that they do want her to remember and it's not right. actually it's, the truth? It's very Weapon X Wolverine kind of yeah. deals, where if these are implanted memories or or not. So he says that he he's. X whatever REW is I'm, I'm sure that's the unit she was trying to join um and that this is a one time offer do you do you want in um and then it gets back to to her you know talking and to Simon Saint there's, there's some really interesting things again playing with the memory she's like she doesn't remember if she actually went with him and got in right like we assume yes because we assume that's how that leads to this but mm -hmm. maybe maybe it doesn't maybe maybe she, she did maybe that's right well and he says too he he collects dangerous things, so he yeah. he's been on to her. So it was only a matter of time before he's going to approach her, right? Um, and he gets to Simon Saint, and she's debriefing. You know, she sees him, but she calls him the man without eyes, but she knows his voice and knows his orders above all. And so, you know, basically there was no witnesses. She did her job perfect. And as you see behind her, it's a bunch of tanks with more of her. In yeah, them. like we saw in Catwoman, where they had right. like just, you know, racks of them. And that she, he goes, I'm sorry, it pains me to do this, but this victory, the success, they're both mine. And he shoots her in the head, and then they boot up what seems like another one. Yeah, it starts again, because the first thing I think we see mm -hmm. uh, in this issue is her in the tank saying, I awake. Mm -hmm. And that is the, the first line, and this mm -hmm. is what happens again. You know, so this version 8, as we know, is, is right. shot, and then... The next page, it's, you know, I awake. And right. we assume version 9, but it, maybe, maybe there's more we didn't see. It, it's possible. Yeah, so they give her the, the, the new mission, and now she's um, the sniper in the Atacama Desert on you know, six miles from the Argentinian border. Looks like she's hunting uh, people that are in refuge um, because they're going to the Wayne Foundation. They're, they're going to help once they get to wherever they're going, which targets another memory that she, she knows the name Wayne. Um, and then it takes her to a memory where she's with, uh, that, uh, what's his name? She's, she's in the mountains. It's, uh, there's a blizzard. It's Quita. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it looks like they're coming up on Nanda Parbat. I know it's not, I know it's probably just a city up in the, the deep mountains, but there's a mystical quality to it. Um, and, and inside says, is Ghostmaker and Bruce. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, obviously this is during the years when they were training together mm -hmm. as, you know, that was right. well established at this point. And it's like, okay, so you know, White Witch met them, presumably did some training with them, or a version of her did, pre-cloning. Right. The original. All very hazy. It, but again, but, it has this ethereal quality. It's how trustworthy is this? It's hard to say. Well, and the last panel is uh, him, Bruce reaching out her hand, 
to her hand to shake your hand, introducing himself, and says that, you know, weighing that face, I must remember. And as she's doing this, it's kind of digitizing out, you know? Yeah, um, he's kind of distorting, and it's overlaying that hex pattern that's the mm -hmm. on the White Witch's mask. mask. Yeah. It's, it's really unique, like this kind of effect. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought that just... The the mystery of her origin is kind of intriguing. I didn't know mm -hmm. I needed it, but no. I'm kind of into it. I really Which, like her being used for this program. Just, you know, the user. And instead of just wiping her memories, it's just straight up, no, we'll just kill her and use the next clone. Right, right. And that we, we saw them using multiple clones in Catwoman, right? Right. Like, they, they sent multiple at one time, which they'd never done before. This just makes me wonder where the story would have come out if it wasn't for this book. I, I don't know if it would have done. And that, right? Yeah. And then there's, there's also the question of, is she sharing memory? Because obviously she has some sort of mental abilities because it's mm -hmm. a psionics test as well. Right. Is she sharing memories across versions? Because when she wakes up as version potentially nine, she remembers the speakers that are talking and mm -hmm. she remembers Simon Saint. Is she remembering them from previous versions of like, you know, from doing previous missions or is she just remembering them from the very first time? I, I don't know how much there is that cross-building going on, but because we're dealing with psionics, it's right. possible that the memories are transferring across clones and they are building up over time, mm -hmm. which would be very interesting to see it take that direction and kind of what that will lead to at the end. Right, and, and we know what Ram V's take on, on generational trauma and mm -hmm. whatnot through, through Swamp Thing. It seems that there's a, a, a tie here to this character yeah. as well. That what's going to be too much for her to finally take? Um, but yeah, it seems like there was a whole, a whole backstory he didn't want to go to waste. No, it seems very he... it's well thought out and well constructed, mm -hmm. as opposed to just ah, oh, this is throwaway backstory. Right, and oh, she just phases. You know, and yeah. is that another thing too? Is is that a specialty of each of the different clones? Does each clone have a specialty? Mm. Um, I remember that was something we discussed yeah. at the time. I don't think we right. ever really got a firm answer for. No, but yeah, no, very, very good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this story by itself a, a nine, between the art and the storytelling. Yeah, I am as well, actually. And I'll say again, if to, to the audience, if you enjoyed this story, you know, particularly you know the art, the, mm -hmm. the tone, yeah, maybe look at uh, getting blue and green. It's it's a, yeah. it's a good read. It, it's obviously it's not like the DC in the same way. It's you know this jazz horror story, mm -hmm. but tonally it shares a lot of identity with, with this story yeah and those are the ones who you read you didn't read the eternity story um, no i i, I, I kind of read those two and i was like you know what i've, I've got what yeah. i want out of the, the next two they won't they won't grab me i, I, I love yeah. them but so I, I skipped it essentially it's kid eternity i kind of thumbed through it as i was getting because i wasn't not going to read the mark russell story um which is a batman and ace the bat hound I will um, say, I, I, again, skimming. Yeah. Gotham has a little Leningrad. I, I guess they do now. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but it's called The Trap, and it's uh, Mark Russell, Carl Mostert, uh, uh, writer and artist. Um, but yeah, this is a, a story of Ace, who I believe it was Tom King introduced this version of Bruce found him uh, in one of Joker's hideouts where he was, you know, just bred to be a, an attack dog. And over time, you know, gave this dog compassion and now he's turned into the Bat Hound. And this is done like, I don't remember Mark Russell taking on Batman. So I wasn't sure how well the Mark Russell tone 
would would be in a Batman focused book, but it's nailed here. Like it, it carries over, you know, that sense of sense of humor and kind of not satire, but there's definitely levels to this book. Um, but it starts with with Bruce and Ace going out, uh, into Little Inlet Grad to basically stop a human trafficking um, plot. And when Bruce gets there, he says, well, locate them by smell because they can't use the thermal imaging. Um, and they get in there and Ace just starts tearing them up. Like he's full on like military trained dog. Um, and he's just looking to be, you know, a good boy for Bruce. Um, Cause Bruce gave him the second chance. And uh, one of the guys that get stopped because uh, one of them launches a, a like, um, well, Bruce ends up causing like a making one of those stairways collapse with what looks like a grapple bomb. Um, as one of the guys is laying there, Ace grabs him uh, so he can't get up, and he starts going, you know, like he's confused, like by a bat dog. And Bruce jumps on the guy and is like, "Don't call him that. He thinks you're saying bad dog." And so this is why he's a bat hound because he doesn't want Ace to think he's bad. Um, so he sends Ace to go find these victims. And we see him doing a lot of cool, you know, protector dog stuff. He's he's hopping up onto the statue, up into the rafters. Bruce is taking out all the armed villains. Um, Bruce gets taken out by another explosion, and a guy has a flamethrower. And right as he's about to torch Bruce, Ace comes down, um, gets told he's a good boy. And then we get to the whole backstory that I brought up of, of Bruce showing him compassion and training him that... You know, he's, he's a good boy. Um, Bruce finds out that it's strange. Uh, Hugo Strange in with this plan. And he's got a, a, a an explosive vest on. And that, you know, it's, it's his party. He lured him out here. And that, um, that I'm trying to get to that page because it breaks up. But that he's covered in C4. And he goes, Strange, how long have we known each other? I can't believe you have the nerve. You're not going to kill us both. And he goes, you know, he's like, no, but, you know, you do know me too well. I never had the nerve before because I have something now that I didn't before. And, you, you know, when I look down deep in myself, you know what I found? He says stage four cancer and hits the the, the detonator. It looks like this is the end of Hugo Strange for the story. Um, as Bruce is dealing with Strange, Ace gets down into the kitchen in a very funny scene flips over a bowl onto himself to, to get into where the, you know, it's like one of the big giant mixing bowls to infiltrate the, the kidnappers. And he goes to start freeing the people that are being trafficked. And turns out they were decoys and that whoever has this plan, it was to capture Batman. And they were just using strange basically as bait. They tase Ace um, because, you know, he just took out two armed soldiers, but they don't want to kill Ace because he has some value. But they go to get uh, Bruce because that's what they're selling is basically the identity of Batman. And that one of them goes to lift Bruce's cowl up. And they go, no, if you know who he is, that makes him less valuable, which means they'll take you out. Because, you know, whoever knows who Batman is, that's what's worth the money. So they, they you know, bag up Batman, um, throw him in a helicopter, and then they take Ace to um, 
basically they where the supervillains get all their pets. So there's someone named Fernando, spelled with uh, F-U-R, and it says extermination. There's a giant bear named Ursa who's there for retraining, and now Bathound who's there for retraining. Um, and it seems like they're going to sell him back to the Joker, where of course Ace doesn't want to go back to. Uh, and it teases with the next uh, super pets. Um, Carl Moser does the art, and the breakdowns are really well. I just the faces are very. Mostert has a very Frank Quitely style, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, when it when it comes to kind of the details on the faces, everything has a little bit extra detail that I don't think is is quite necessary. Um, but I mean that again, that comes down to taste. Um, but all the scenes with Ace going through, everything is very kinetic, um, and it's it's like heartbreaking when you see him get tased by who he thought was saving. It's just like a, a misplaced trust. Um, but yeah, no, this is a very good story. And, you know, when talking to Connor on if who was going to read this, I figured Pete was going to. Um, I, I thought he was as well. He, yeah. In fact, just just yesterday, he said he was going to be reading it. Right. So I was planning but I said, on it. <laughs> I was wary. My, my overall point was I was wary because we all know how I feel about Mark Russell. I didn't want to have to start reading something now that I don't have to keep picking up. And now between Zatanna, White Witch, and now the Ace story, I'm stuck for at least the next six issues. <laughs> uh, uh, unless we're, unless it, uh, this comes out on a busy week, I'm just going to have to skip. Until... Yeah, I definitely want to read the, the White Witch story for yep. sure. And like so I'm, I'm kind of locked in for at least three. And right. Probably the other three after that for the rest of the Zatanna story as well, I would assume, yeah. based off of this first one. But like I say, if it comes out on a busy week, yeah. this is a lot of pages to add on to that. And yeah, you know, you can't guarantee that. No. So I'll I'll give that last story an eight point five. Um so I'm I'm gonna average these out now, Pete. Go on. My, my I just put the difference on my two, so it's an eight point five for me. Right. Okay, eight point five for Connor. Uh and so that. averaging this out, I don't like that score because it gave me a six point five. Because I have to put that zero in there for Kid Eternity. No, you don't. You didn't. I you don't, didn't, though. Just ignore that. Yeah, that's um, just dragging it down. Just mostly average the all three. Yeah, hold on. I had an eight plus a, a nine plus an eight point five. It's an eight point five. Yep. That will go eight point five. <laughs> Thank you for doing the math, Connor. I'm not going to. eight and nine and then an eight point okay. five. So, of course, it was an eight point five. Yeah. There you go. All right. Wonderful. Well, one last thing then before we get to the final segment, and that is Connor's Patreon book. Every month to patreon.com slash TV. you can make myself a Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. Uh, Connor's going to talk about Undiscovered Country, issue 17. Yep, still the same team as always. Uh, it's, you know, as is usually the case on independent books. Uh, obviously, there's the two plot lines, once again, you know, the the past and the you know, the present, and the, the flashbacks. This time, still focusing on Ace and a little bit with Val. You know, they have a a meeting the night before they uh, they go off on the mission. When I say meeting, I don't, I don't mean like a pre-planned meeting. More just they're both wandering the ship at night, and uh, they they bump into each other and they talk about what this place is. You know, um, they're on a you know a forever ship, and you know. It's this kind of idea of a myth of this self-sustaining ship. Like, you know, it grows all its own food. It creates all its own fuel. The idea is that no matter what happens, they don't have to 
stock to you know refuel restock on anything there's just yeah they're, they're good um and that's the, the story of them and then value goes yeah that's that, yeah, that's the story but the truth is that's that's not what they're there for sure it's, it's a nice idea but the reality is they're just for rich people so that when all the bombs and all the lands ruined when climate change washes all the land away they're good they don't need anything else they they can still survive and they, they'll live on for another day that, that's what's important to them you know it, it doesn't matter what the the sales pitch is it's just that's what it is you know the reality is they're for rich people and nothing else doesn't matter doesn't matter how they sell it to everyone else and uh it kind of the the point of their their meeting at the end is you know the idea of what really matters the you know the truth or the story because ace he is the you know the the, the journalist and he's like you know, i tell you know, the story you know, i'm a storyteller and there's there's maybe rival storytellers that tell their stories instead, but at the end of the day, you know, I care about the truth, and the story I tell is the truth, so to speak. But again, that is, it, it comes down to a matter of perspective. Uh, the present day, very fast-paced stuff. We kind of kicked off with Ace trying to use the uh, the creation engine, whatever that the, the name that they had for it was, the um, the big music machine wants it to make a new song for it but as they're doing this, this is when they get attacked by all the ships the crossroads devil you know came up with all the ships and started bombing them that was the, the cliffhanger of last issue and crossroads devil comes ashore and is like hey I'll, I'll cut you a deal because that's kind of his whole shtick right is is he cuts deals with people is you uh just stay here just uh instead of doing whatever you're going to do Instead of walking through the zones, instead of doing that, use the machine. Use the machine and just recreate all these. You know, recreate, you know, the the history of America, you know, all all its greatest legends. Recreate them here and now for me, so that this zone will be populated again. And you know, there's some debate as to, you know, well, what do they get out of this? Is there a catch? And and no, 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 this fine. You know, there's no catch. You create all this for me, and then you use the machine. For yourself, recreate the, you know, the, the the smartest minds in all of history, and you know they'll build you a cure. You, you don't need to traverse through the zones and finish your journey. You can just end here, take the easy way out, and just create one. And they're they're very strongly considering this. And you know, the, again, they're debating: can it be trusted? And kind of come down to, well, yeah, the 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 crossword, he never lies. The idea that there's usually a catch. There's usually a an angle that you don't see, you know, or you have to sell your soul, but you do get what you ask for uh, with him. So they're like, well, maybe this is worth it. Uh, but Ace doesn't play by the rules. At the end, there, what he does is, because uh, yeah, I'll I'll bring life to this place, but it's not going to be the life that you want. It's not going to be all the the legends of history that you want. He creates new life. But you know, he goes, oh, you know, and the devil's like, you haven't got enough of you to to take us on. You know, there's only like five of you or six of you. There's like an army of us. And he's like, that's fine. I'll make more of us. And uh, the last page is he's used the creation engine to create tons of versions of of our group as like superheroes and you know soldiers and samurai. You know, all, all sorts of various creations. And it, it, you know. It, this, this plays into the idea that something in the flashback is uh, America's 
cultural its biggest cultural export wasn't anything specific it was a legend it was the idea of america and ties into you know this here to traverse to the next zone they needed to create a new american masterpiece and that is i assume kind of what he's done here by creating all all of them he's put themselves imagined th themselves as you know ultimate beings you know like the, the highest they can be it, it kind of boils down to the idea of the, the American oh, well, yeah, anyone could be president, right? You know, the idea that anyone can reach the top. That is an extrapolation. You know, th this here is the extrapolation of that idea that, well, we can be, you know, superheroes, you know, that, that concept, but made literal with this creation engine into an army to fight back against Crossroads Devil, which I, I assume will be next issue because that's the, the last issue of this arc. I'm assuming that'll be that fight and then... Um, Moving on, and it, it usually the arcs end with a tease of what the, the next zone's going to be. The Crossroads Devil told them that the next zone is just a black hole. There's nothing there. But maybe he lied. I don't know. That'll be really interesting. I'm looking forward to finding out. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's another great issue. Uh, very fast read this, actually, because uh, so much of it is just this kind of back and forth snappiness, this debate with the, the devil. And yeah, no. Um, very long forward to the end of this arc. It's probably my favorite arc, favorite arc so far. I hope it sticks to landing. I'll give it like a, I'll give it an eight. Maybe the next arc will all be in a black void, just so that the artist doesn't have to do any backgrounds. <laughs> I mean, easy. that would be a really interesting story if it was. <laughs> all right, uh, Snarlty's so our favorite stuff of the week. So favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and then normally top five. But this week is basically just rank the new books you read <laughs> because none of us read five uh so matt what's your panel slash moment of the week uh it's from the mark russell carl moster story in uh, uh goddamn underground right no yes tells the name of that book i always read the name urban legends urban legends why i always want to call it gotham underground i don't know why um but it's the don't call him bat dog he thinks he's a bad dog that really moved me. Okay, Car. Uh, I'm going to go from Urban Legends as well. I'm going to go from the White Witch story. Uh, I'm going to go with the panel of I Awake the uh, second time around. One, all the art, every, everything just is top tier on that panel throughout that whole story, but that panel in particular. And also because that was the moment where I was like, ah, that's what this story's doing with this this reset and kind of all click together. It was, it was kind of great. All right. Uh, I... Yeah, I think I'll probably go with some Detective Comics. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably go with the moment the backup, uh, the the kid and Harleen. It's just such a well drawn mm -hmm. moment, and how the vibe mm -hmm. of like him not looking at her properly, and just that feeling is just really accurate. It's like it's just really well done. So uh, I'll go with that moment. Not a big story beat by any means this time, or a big splashy page with you know dazzling art. Just a really simple thing, but good stuff. Uh, I also only had three comics to pick from, so I mm -hmm. <laughs> lot to go on. Yeah, limited choice this week. Uh, so, yeah, cover of the week, though. Um, uh, the main Batgirls cover is very good again, uh, as it was with issue one. I th and obviously, Robin and Batman, uh, the Albuquerque cover, I think, in particular, is quite, quite nice. Uh, I'd probably just go with the main detective cover again. This may be a trend while these... Uh, <laughs> Rodriguez covers are going, but um, again, admittedly, it's only three books this week, so <laughs> yeah. 
Thank God for variants. Because I, I I didn't think this this cover was as nice as last week's cover, but it's still probably my favorite mm-hmm. this week. So, uh, Matt, what you got? Um, I'm trying to like, oh, I'm going with the Batgirls, uh, one in 25. It's them making the bat angel in the snow or the bat snow angel. Cass and, and Steph. Okay. So, I know that one. Car? Yeah, I like all the ones I've been said. Um, for me, it comes down to, to my second choice would have been the, uh, the Albuquerque Robin and Batman, but mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go with the detective variant, the, uh, the Bermeo one. Yeah, but here's a, it's hard to go wrong with the bear. It's, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, best art of the week, Connor. Um, I think just for consistency's sake, I'm going to have to give it to Robin and Batman. Because I think the, the art in both the stories I liked in Urban Legends was really great. And if I was to narrow it down to a specific story, I probably would have gone to the White Witch one. But because it's a book as a whole, I'll, I'll give it a win for, for Robin and Batman. Okay. Uh, Matt? Uh, I agree with everything Connor said, and I hate to say that, but <laughs> it is. It's when. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Uh, easier victory this week, again, with so, so few books, but... The only, the only thing that's fair is at least win has a shot of winning that on any week against any competition, really. It, it, yeah, it's always in the running for that that conversation, no matter no matter if it's a light week or a busy week. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, sorry, Matt, go on you go then. Rank the books. All right, so uh, number one is Robin and Batman. Number two would be Urban Legends. No, Detective. No. Yes, Urban Legends, then Detective, then Batgirls. Connor? Right, I'll go Urban Legends, then Robin and Batman, then Detective. Cool. I think I'll go Detective at number one, number two, Robin and Batman, number three, Batgirls. There you go. Easy peasy. Uh, so I will tell you what is coming next week from DC Comics. And luckily... Hopefully a little bit more. It's a bit more than this week. So we have Detective Comics 1049, uh, as expected. We got Nightwing 888. We got Wonder Woman 783. Superman Son of Kal-El issue 7. Catwoman 39. And that is the start of the new run. So that's a bit of a... You know, testing issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Robins issue three, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow issue seven, Batman the Night issue one. Is that the Zarsky? Uh, it is. Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Well, there's another thing I look forward to. Uh, Matt might force himself through Green Lantern issue right. ten. Definitely will not. It's either Batman the Night or Green Lantern ten. So. Batman the Night. Batman the Night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blue and Gold issue five, Aquaman the Becoming issue five. Batman v. Biggs Beta, Wolf and Gotham, Issue 5, Newbie in the Amazons, Issue 4, Black Manta, Issue 5, Suicide Squad, King Shark, Issue 5, Wonder Woman, Evolution, Issue 3, and Looney Tunes, 264. Uh, that was a long list I just read. Obviously, the back half of that is a bunch of things that we, we haven't yeah, been covering. I, so. I think between us, we've got seven books. That's not bad. That's a nice average, we can say. Uh, yeah. So... Coolio, uh, that is what's coming next week. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Heston, the Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, and David Brown. Uh, you can be a producer at one of the, the higher tiers over at patreon.com slash TV. but you can support us for as little as $1 per month over there. Uh, and at the $5 tier in particular, you get early access to the show 
Uh, whenever it's ready, late on the Saturday is when you'll get get your hands on it. Uh, but uh, go have a look, see if you want to support all the content and keep everything coming. You can, of course, also support us by liking, subscribing, dinging the bell on YouTube, or if you listen to the audio podcast, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, but that is that. And also, get us on Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast, of course, uh, for updates, random retweets and news, and uh, other bits and pieces. And typically, whenever uh, we ask for questions or anything like that, we'll do it via Twitter, so you can uh, access them there. So, uh, very good. So, yeah, somehow, we actually got close to three hours in this episode, which is actually a miracle, and a feat of Matt's tangent and uh, I didn't tangent that bad. Also, we've we've been on much longer because we bullshitted for. Nearly oh yeah, yes. Yeah, but the recording's almost at three hours. Uh, which I, is, I'm hungry now. That's what I was all yeah. saying. Is the important part, but yes. Um, so there you go. Uh, but that's the show. That has been episode two eight eight. Thank you very much for joining us once again. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Ratings are still stupid.